0: Shabbat shalom, everyone. Good to see you guys. Hope you're having an awesome, awesome Shabbat today. Welcome, welcome to all of you guys joining throughout various places throughout the world. You guys are world changers. You guys are awesome. You guys are awesome. So welcome to those of you who are on TikTok live right now, those of you who are on uh, YouTube and DLive and all the other places there that we are live streaming right now. So today we are having our our uh, Shabbat fellowship. I want to what I want to do is I want to kind of pick up where I where I left off last night. Uh, read some Deuteronomy just because Deuteronomy is so good. You know Deuteronomy is just so good. I want to I really want to get into that today. I think it's very very important. Before I get into a whole lot, don't forget to let people know that we're on send a message to you know your friend or your family your brother sister cousin whatever 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 the case is uh anybody that might be interested in joining in listening submitting a comment or a question um yeah so send send them a message right now say hey check this out let me know what you think you know whatever you want to say and send them a link to this uh live stream so yes welcome welcome guys welcome I'm going to be reading from Deuteronomy chapter three, four, five, six. perhaps. We'll see how it goes. Very, very very important passage of Scripture. We know that even uh, Yeshua, uh, Jesus himself, quoted from these uh, these passages. So seems like it was almost seems like it was his favorite book, or one of his favorite books. So, yes, awesome. Let's see what we got here in the live chat before we get into it. Uh, we got uh actually a, quite a bit in the live chat. Calamanto says Shabbat Shalom with a cu- with a couple uh little graphics of challah and wine. 1 John 226 says
1: Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom, welcome. Uh Dale, welcome, Dale.
0: I'll get to you in just a minute. I'll get to that question in just a minute. So let me uh, greet some of these people. Um, welcome, Dale. Shabbat shalom, by the way. Uh, Psalm 94 says Shabbat shalom. Cat cool says Shabbat shalom. The Tower Time says Shabbat shalom. Uh, the second first says Shabbat shalom, all. Let's keep the people of Ukraine lifted up. They are fighting and dying. Still, enjoy they are fighting and dying still enjoy our freedom amen amen yes so uh let's let's pray right now in that regard and um yeah before we get too far we'll pray about that dale i'll get to your question in just a moment dale uh so let's let's yeah, yeah let's pray for what's going on there in the ukraine so father we come before you father we love you father we give you praise, we we worship you, we honor you. To you be all the glory. You alone are holy. Your name is holy. You are the great and awesome God. You who keep your covenant of love with those who love you and those who follow your commands. As it says in Daniel chapter 9, Father, we come before you and we ask you to send Your angels, we ask you to to do what it takes, Father, to to bring peace, to bring peace in the Ukraine. Do what it takes, Father. Send your angels to to do your will and to have mercy upon the people. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And everyone said, Amen, Amen, Amen. Amen. On TikTok Live, someone says their walk is bad. I'm not sure what you're referring to. And, and, I'm, and I'm sorry, I'm not sure if you actually put this uh, comment in before or after um, we were praying. But um, someone said their walk is bad, just saying it's different, but they they get all hurt and angry.
1: Sorry, I'm not really, I don't really know what you're referring to there. The Tower Time <clears throat> says, "Praise Yahweh for his for this fellowship. It
0: is so good to see you all again today. Blessings be upon you all. May upon you all may the bless. Excuse me, <laughs> I'm getting tongue tied here. May the windows of heaven be open upon you with joy unspeakable and full of glory without limits. Amen. 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 That's awesome. Uh, yeah, let me just check out." Th- I got a couple different chat windows open here. Oh yeah, okay. So the tower time I I'm I'm sorry the tower time and I, I noticed you posted here, I think it was before I think b- before we even started before we went live and I can't put that up on the screen but I'll read it. The tower time said here at the very beginning um I believe that's what I believe this is today. Yes, praise Yahweh for his mercy is new every morning. Hallelujah. Shabbat Shalom. Praise Yahweh for using you in a mighty way, Brother Enoch. Your faithfulness and commitment to sharing the truth will be a blessing for years to come. In Yeshua's name, I pray. Amen. Um, thank you very much. I I really, really appreciate I, I really appreciate that. That means a lot to me. Thank you. I appreciate that. The second first over there on YouTube says, um Shabbat shalom all. Uh, Will Sr. says Shabbat shalom. Jordan says Shabbat shalom. Vida says Shabbat shalom. Let me see here. Fearfully Confident says Shabbat shalom. Okay, guys. I'm sorry if I missed any of you. Uh, Dale. So let's get to Dale's question here first. Dale has a question. I see we got a question over there on TikTok live as well. Please be patient. I got I got uh, several questions on TikTok as well. I will get to your question in just a minute. Please hold on. Um, Dale says on YouTube, Christopher
1: Enoch, af- after last night, can you explain your position on Paul? Okay. Um, so... <clears throat> Before I explain it, I want
0: to encourage you guys to step back from what my position on Paul is exactly what the Bible says about Paul. No more, no less. Okay. What Paul says, what, what the circumstances say, I mean, like we need to ask the question when we read a book of the Bible, who wrote this book? In what context was it written? How was it written? To whom was it written? Okay, so there is a lot of doctrine going around today that would people would tell you that Paul is everything that Paul wrote is is like God's word to you. It's almost like Isaiah. It's almost like it's almost like Jesus or God, uh, the Holy Spirit, whatever you you know, just made made Paul into a robot and 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 made him write down every single thing that he wrote. That's not what we read in the scriptures, okay?
1: He's not a prophet. At best, he claims to be an apostle. he's not one of the twelve. To understand fully my position on Paul, I have to explain a little
0: bit about uh, the hierarchy of, of apostles. We have we have the Lord at the top, right? We have Yeshua. we have Jesus at the top. He's the master, he's the rabbi, he's the teacher. And so we read in the gospels, he went around and it's typical of rabbis to do this. Even today, actually, it's typical for rabbis of rabbis to go around and to handpick their own disciples, especially rabbis from the school of Shammai, which I believe Yeshua was. So he went around and he handpicked his disciples, meaning he handpicked his students. He was a teacher, a rabbi, a Jewish rabbi
1: He wasn't, it wasn't uncommon to do what he did. It was common.
0: As a rabbi, you go and you you get yourself some students. As a teacher, you get yourself some students. It's almost like today, you know, if you want to attend a school, a lot of times you'd have to apply and then they have to accept you. Uh, So Yeshua had to accept his disciples, although maybe many of them didn't really even apply, but he actually chose them, hand chose them. He handpicked them. He did not handpick Paul at that time. He did not hand, handpick Paul at all. So, those disciples had a duty. As students, they were to go to the school of Yeshua, Rabbi Yeshua. In other words, they were to live with him, talk with him, just how, just like how people go to maybe university today or live in a dorm. They live at the school basically, and they live there for a number of years until they until their program until their courses are finished. And that's exactly the way it, it happened in the days of, of of Yeshua. He handpicked twelve of his students, and they were part of his program, his school, so to speak, as a rabbi. We know we read in the scriptures that he was called Rabbi, which is proof that he was a rabbi <laughs> nobody nobody um nobody challenged that nobody objected to that he was a Jewish rabbi, so his duty was to t- teach and to train his twelve disciples, and he did he gave them hands on face to face training he spent a number uh, any it depends on who you believe. It was only like about a year, but I believe it was over over three years. Regardless of the of the case, he was uh, with his students every day, face to face. They live with him. They talk with him. They walk with him. They ate with him. They heard him all the time, night and day. They were there. It was hands on training. And then we have the people who kind of audited the course. For those of you who are not familiar. If you can go to a school, I mean, maybe not all schools do this, but a lot of them do. You can go to a school and you can sit in on a course. You can, you can be there. You can be a student, quote unquote student, but not a, a formal student, okay? Not an enrolled student, but you're like a visitor. You are you are an auditor. You're there, you hear all of the you, you get trained like the rest of them get trained, but not to that you're an out you're kind of an outsider. You're outside of the circle, okay? So we have the same kind of thing that happened in the days of Jesus. We have people that were there that were trained. they were they were auditing the course, like Joseph, okay? I'm not talking about the the Father of Jesus. I'm talking about Joseph of um. Uh, Acts chapter one. We have Matthias, Acts chapter one, plus other people. I'm sure lots of other people followed them around. They got all the teachings. They got all the training. They saw the miracles. They they were there. They, they were there firsthand. They saw they were firsthand witnesses. They were as good as trained, although they weren't formal students. Okay. Again, Paul was not there either. He was not part of the formal students. Neither was he part of the informal students. He wasn't part of the, um, the the ones who audited the course like Matthias and Joseph was as per Acts chapter 1. So when Judas did what he did and he ended up where he ended up, they said, okay, we need to replace Judas, ASAP. There has to be 12 disciples. Yeshua made it clear, one disciple for each tribe. He said, e- each of you will sit on 12 thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. It has to be 12 tribes. It has to be 12, excuse me, 12 disciples. So Judas, he went the way he did. It's like, okay, we need to replace Judas as soon as possible. Acts chapter one. So who do we choose? Well, there's only 11 of I mean, Jesus didn't formally enroll 13. He formally enrolled 12. So we need to find someone outside of the formal students but yet ones who have been trained they've been there since the beginning and that's what it says in acts chapter one it says we need to find people who we need to find somebody we need to find a man somewhere who has been with us from the beginning from the baptism to the resurrection and and has has been a first-hand witness of everything they were trained they, just, they were just not formally enrolled. They were trained. So they looked at Joseph and they looked at Matthias. And they did what every other people, every other uh, man of God would do throughout the, throughout the scriptures. They say, okay, we got a couple we need to choose from. How do we choose? How do we know which one the Lord wants to choose here to, to replace Judas? Well, we'll cast lots. We'll pray first and we'll cast lots and the Lord will show us. So they did. They prayed, they cast lots, and the Lord showed them. Matthias. Again, Paul was nowhere to be found. Okay? So then Acts chapter 2 comes comes around, right? There was the outpouring of the Spirit upon all flesh, not just Jewish flesh, but all flesh, the Gentiles too. And then the 12 disciples did what Jesus commanded them to do. They went into all the world and preached the gospel. They were the original apostles to the Gentiles. Again, Paul was nowhere nowhere to be found for approximately a decade, scholars believe. Approximately a decade. So that's a lot of time. The church was advancing. Thousands of people were coming into the kingdom. Thousands of people were getting saved. There was no Paul. It was Paul-less, okay? There was no Paul anywhere. Finally, after several years, according to the book of Acts, I say that because some people challenge that, but according to the book of Acts, Paul, being Saul, uh, and he was a very, he was a problem right from the very beginning. I mean, he, (laughs) you know what he did with the Christians. As the story goes, he got a vision of the Lord. Jesus appeared to him in a vision, not physically, in a vision. Just like how Jesus appears to many people today, myself included. I know millions of people. Okay, we know look at what's going on in the Middle East today. look what's going on in Muslim countries today. Jesus is appearing to people. We hear about it all the time. I've heard about it ever since I got saved from since nineteen ninety two where Jesus has been appearing in visions by visions to the Muslim people in Muslim countries it, to, he's been he's been appearing to people in countries that it's illegal to preach the gospel. It's illegal to own a Bible doesn't matter Jesus don't need. Jesus don't need to follow the rules of man. He he comes in and he gives Muslims visions. Not only that, but I, I know of, I, I've said this last night, almost everybody that I know personally, I'm talking about face-to-face personally, people that are, that I would declare, that I would consider to be
1: good, holy men or women of God, um, friends of mine, okay, And so, and other people as well,
0: people that I know personally, they have had experiences with, with, with the Lord, where the Lord appeared to them, okay? So, when the Lord appeared to Paul in a vision and changed his life, according to what we read in Acts chapter uh, 9 and in other places as well, there's a couple other places that talks about that, that's not uncommon. That's not uncommon. Jesus does that to a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of people. Okay, even people that are alive today—you're looking at one of them right now. Okay, that's not uncommon. If you haven't—if you haven't had a vision of God, if you, if Jesus hasn't appeared to you in great power and in, in in glory, if Jesus hasn't appeared to you, huh? Well, I pray that Jesus does because it's wonderful. It's awesome. It is life changing.
1: It is—you know—it's it, it, awesome, um, but. The point of the matter is this. Paul
0: is Paul. Paul is Paul. He never claimed to be a prophet. What's a prophet? What's the difference between a prophet and, and an apostle? An apostle is someone who is sent. The word apostle, it sounds fancy. It sounds spiritual. It sounds all great, you know, high and mighty, but it's not. The word apostle is just a transliterated English word out of the Greek apostolos. Apostolos is just another ordinary Greek word that means one that is sent. If I send you uh, to buy a loaf of bread for me at the store, you are, by definition, an apostle of Christopher Enoch. That's just by definition. You don't have to be a believer. You don't have to be a, a Christian. Okay? Okay. If you're sent of the Lord, of course, you have to be a believer or a Christian, of course. You know, I'm just saying the word apostle is not limited to the scriptures. It's not limited to um, Christianity or to believers. It's not limited to religion. It's not. Okay. It's an ancient Greek word that simply means somebody who's sent. If I say, hey, could you go get a glass of water for me? You know, um, you you are my apostle, even if you don't have to go out of the hu- the house even if you don't have to go out of the building, you are my apostle because I sent you. I sent you to the to the to the uh, to the cafeteria, or I sent you to the kitchen. Okay, so when Paul said he's an, he's an apostle, all he means is that he believes that Jesus sent him somewhere to do something. That's all that that means. A prophet, on the other hand, is mouthpiece for God. A prophet is someone who speaks for God. When he opens his mouth, it's the word of God coming out. Paul never claimed to be that way. Never.
1: Okay. Paul, my position on Paul is this. he's He is at best another brother. Is he perfect? Absolutely not. Never claimed to be perfect. Did he,
0: everything he write wasn't of the Holy Spirit? He never claimed that either. In fact, we talked about that uh, last night. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 40. Paul said, I think I too have the Spirit. He said this to the Corinthians. He wrote to the, Christian, or the Corinthians. He said, I think that I, not just you guys, not just you guys, the, the, the Corinthians, but also me. I think that I too have the Holy Spirit. I think so. Did he or did he not? A lot of the things that he wrote are good things i'm not I'm not saying some of the things he wrote depending on how you how you translate how you translate it or interpret it, if it goes against the Torah, if it goes against the law or the prophets or any of the other previously known and accepted and verified word of God, then Paul's wrong. Notice I said. If you determine that he spoke against what the Torah says, against what the prophet says, guess who's wrong? Guess who's wrong? It's not, it's not God. It's not God's word through Moses. It's not, it's not God's word through Isaiah or through King David. It's, it's Paul, who didn't even claim to be a prophet. He claimed to be a basically a brother is what he claimed to be. Notice in Acts chapter 15, when there was a problem with the, it's like, what are we going to do with the Gentiles? What are we going to do with the Gentiles? What did the, Paul was there. Acts chapter 15, verse seven, Peter speaks up and Peter says to all of them present, we have James, we have Peter, we have the, all the elders of the church. We have Paul standing right there. Peter speaks up and he says you guys all know that God chose me that by my mouth that the gentiles should hear the gospel i'm the apostle to the Gent- to the gentiles peter said that in the presence of everybody nobody opposed him nobody denied that not even paul now that's paul says the opposite in in Galatians chapter 2 verse 7 he said that he is the apostle to the gentiles and peter's uh, to the to the jews Somebody's wrong somewhere. I believe Peter, not Paul, okay? Peter has been trained f- firsthand by by the Lord himself. Paul was not there. Paul was not there. Paul was not trained. He wasn't a disciple. At best he's an apostle. The Lord appeared to Paul just like how the Lord appears to millions of people and sends and sent Paul to Asia, to, you know, around and Rome, wherever, okay? Does that mean if if Paul is a legitimate apostle does that mean that everything that he preaches is true? No, it doesn't. Does that mean that, every, that he's a perfect he's perfect in everything he says? No, it doesn't. I'm just I'm just telling you guys the truth, okay? I'm what I'm saying to you is fact. We need to look at Paul for what he really is. Very objective. He is not He's not a necessity for salvation. If he was, he would have been one of the first ones that Jesus chose to be a disciple. He wasn't. Jesus didn't choose him to be a, a disciple. And the 12 disciples, neither did Jesus choose him to be a replacement of Judas. We see that very clearly in Acts chapter 1, and we see that in church history, where many of the church fathers said that Matthias replaced Judas. This is like decades and sometimes even centuries after the fact, they all admitted Matthias was
1: a replacement for Judas, not Paul. So, I mean, that's my position on Paul. He's not, at best, he's just another brother.
0: At best, he's just another brother. And he didn't have the gospels. The Gospels were not written when he wrote at least some of those um, letters that he wrote. We, it, I'm going to say something very controversial right now, okay? Not that I, not that I never do. I think I, but I'm going to say something very controversial again. Let me put it that way. It is very possible, it is very possible that we know more about Jesus than Paul did. How can I dare, how how dare I say that? How can I say that? Because we have the Gospels. We have the writings of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Paul didn't. That's why he, he never said anything about the virgin birth. He never said anything about the miracles of Christ. He never said anything about the life of Christ really at all. He speaks here and there about the crucifixion and the resurrection, but very, very limited knowledge. We get more knowledge from Jesus from Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. That's a fact. So it's it's very possible that Paul didn't know as much as we know today about Jesus. I know what i'm saying is controversial i know it can cause some the hair on the backs of a lot of antinomian paulian lawless christians to stand on end i understand that but this is the truth it's the absolute truth someone someone would say well but but paul said that
1: the lord showed him where where We, we we spoke about this last night
0: In all of the Bible, in the entire Bible, let me give you another factoid, okay? This is another factoid, Bible fact. In all of the Bible, we have a total of five sentences that Jesus spoke to Paul explicitly printed out for us in the Bible. Five, only five. Compare that to the people who, to, to the 12 disciples and Matthew or Matthias and jo- Joseph and, the, and those who audited the course, those who hung around Jesus for a long, long time. They heard, oh, your guess is, is my hundreds of thousands of sentences from the Lord himself directly spoken to them. Hundreds of thousands, at least, maybe even millions compared to five. That's why when Paul was present in Acts chapter 15 for the Jerusalem council, they didn't even give Paul a word in edgewise. Peter, James, the elders of the church, the leaders of the church. They didn't ask Paul for his opinion because Paul was just, he's just Paul. He's
1: just Paul. That's all. He wasn't an authority of the church. Period. That's a fact. (laughs) A
0: lot of Christians today, they would say, oh, Paul is the, he is the apostle to the Gentiles. No, he wasn't. I mean, he's not the, at most he's one of many of perhaps even millions, but he's not the, he's not even part of the 12. He's not the only one. In fact, the original apostles to the Gentiles were the 12 disciples when Jesus told them in the great commission before he was, uh, before he ascended. To heaven, Jesus said to all of his 12 disciples, I'm calling, you know, you, you guys go out into all the world and preach the gospel. Jesus effectively made them all apostles to the Gentiles. And like I said, church history tells us that they actually did go out into the Gentile lands to preach the gospel long before Paul was on the scene. What gospel did they preach? What, what Bible did they use? The New Testament didn't exist back then. The, the letters of Paul didn't exist back then. I'm talking about immediately after Acts chapter 2 and before Acts chapter 9 there's about approximately 10 years there thousands of, of people got saved a lot of, the the gospel went out to the
1: gentiles paul wasn't around so a lot of people today would say
0: oh you know if if paul's in the room and we have a question about what got, what the lord what the lord lord's will is for the gentiles you know where does the gospel you know what is the what is required of the gentiles what about the gospel to the gentiles if Paul's in the room ask him he's
1: the evangelist. he is the apostle to the gentiles
0: that is the wrong wrong way to view it that's that's the wrong perception how do i how can i say that because In Acts chapter 15, they were faced with that situation. We have questions. What are we going to do with the Gentiles? What do they need to be told? What do they need to be taught? What do they need to do to be saved? Paul was standing right there. They didn't ask Paul. Paul had no word in edgewise because he did not have the authority. It's a fact. Look at Acts chapter 21, how they treated him. They're like, Paul, man, there's a problem with you. We have we hear rumor that you're speaking against the law, against against Moses and against the traditions and the elders, uh, the the uh, the Jewish uh, customs. Is that true, Paul? They were they were very very
1: not happy with him. They made him pay, They made him pay dearly. They made him pay dearly. so my position on paul you don't need him for salvation they didn't back in the book of acts they
0: didn't need him for salvation i mean what i'm saying is biblical i know it goes against what many of you have heard from man but forget about what you've heard from man look at what it says in the bible look at the culture look at the context look at who paul really was look at what his letters his so-called books really was it wasn't it wasn't books of a prophet. It wasn't It wasn't viewed as the word of God. Certainly, Paul's letters had the word of God in it. He quoted the Tanakh many times. I'm not saying that he, it, it doesn't have the word of God in it. I'm just saying it's not, he wasn't a prophet. That's all. He wasn't a prophet in the sense of, like, as per Moses, King David, Isaiah, micah <laughs> hosea and the like okay very very important to understand that so when you're reading paul and you know if it does whatever whatever position you take you can take a position where it's like in some some messianics would say everything that paul said is is in accordance with the torah and he taught torah you know what to me, I'm not going to argue. Like I'm not going to say he. It, and then there's the other point of the other completely other side of the spectrum, where it's like Paul is the Antichrist, he is the devil, you know, in the flesh. You know, he is a false apostle. You know what? To me, it's like again, he is a brother at the at best. Okay, he's a be- he's a brother. So I'm not going to. It's it's not something to really get your nose out of joint about. It's like a lot of people say a lot of bad things about me, right? So a lot of people think th- so there are people who say that everything I say is is the truth and I hope it is and my goal is that it is okay that I'm that's that's a, I'm trying to approach everything very objectively and to give the most unadulterated truth that you could possibly hear from any anywhere else that's, that's my goal okay the most down to earth unadulterated facts truth and I mean, you know, what else can I say? That's my goal, right? But there's other people that think that I, I'm a false prophet, false teacher, whatever. Like, I don't even claim. Since when did I claim to be a prophet? How can I be a false prophet? You know? So, it's like, hey, I mean, the way I look, the way I look at it is this: myself, myself. I'm an, I'm I'm another brother, and I I have pursued God vehemently. I have pursued God, and still do. I mean, by the grace of God.
1: Um, and I've learned a lot over the past 30 years of just in depth, you know,
0: study of the word of God and in depth meditating upon the word of God and the scriptures and the cultural context. I've learned a lot over the past 30 years and the things that I've learned are really exciting to me. I mean, it just absolutely blesses me so much. And I just want to share that. I want to share that information. I want to share the what i have what i learned what i see and so that's really who i am right i'm i'm just look at me like I, i'm a, i'm another brother that just loves to share god's blessings <laughs> so that, that's what, what what i've learned what i've seen and thank you know i praise god for you guys who have been so encouraging and but i know there's a lot of people who are not but hey You know, when you step out in that, uh, when you step out in and you start preaching
1: the truth, um, and you get very, when you get deep in the scriptures or when you get close, um, how am I going to say it?
0: You know, you're, you're always going to get people that are, that are attacking you. Look what they did with Jesus, right? It's like, it seems like everywhere he went, people were attacking him. And they called him false teacher too. You're a deceiver. They called him like, "Oh yeah, you're you're uh you're casting out de- demons by the prince of the devils." Like they called him basically demon possessed. I mean, it, it, you're just going to get that. You're just going to get that. So, Dale, I hope that is cl- a little bit clear on my position on Paul. I I talk about Paul. I think every live stream I do, I talk about Paul. And I've
1: never, ever said, reject Paul's writings. Okay. On the other hand, um,
0: I've never said, uh, you know, I, maybe maybe there was a time in my life when I actually did say that Paul's writings was like every single word that he wrote was God's word for you today. Right. But it, what happened to me is like, I'm just I'm reading over Paul's writings so much. Like I've read it. More times than I can remember, I've read Paul's writing. I've read all of Paul's writings. In fact, on YouTube, I went through every single word of Paul's letters on YouTube. Every single word. Every single word. Um, but when you read stuff like, you know, 2 Timothy, where Paul talks to, talks to Timothy, telling him, you know, about, you know, about his grandmother, Lois. Of course, that's not for me. That's not God speaking to me. That's Paul talking to Timothy. He says, "Oh, uh, Timothy, when you go, uh, you go to Carp- the household of Carpus and and get my parchments and my cloak. I le- I forgot it there. Of course, that's not Jesus talking to me. That's not Jesus talking to me. That's Paul talking to Timothy. So the more I read Paul's let Paul's letters, the more I understood. Hey, I'm actually reading somebody else's mail here. Like this is not like the Book of Isaiah. This is not like." This is not like how the book of Hosea or, uh, you know, Micah was written, which is like a book of this is the word of God for, for everyone. That's not how Paul wrote that. So. It really grieves me how much the church. When I say church, I'm talking about in general, the uh, the organized religion part of it. The church has really followed Paul more than they followed Christ. What I mean by this is that I mean that they, they, they go by their interpretation of Paul more than the, the words in red, more than the clear teachings of Yeshua. Jesus made it very clear what Judgment Day is going to be like in Matthew chapter 5. Uh, also, no, not Matthew chapter 25, excuse me, Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 to 23. He made it very, very clear. This is what judgment day is going to look like. And you know what? Honestly, I'm going to be honest with you guys. It's not compatible with today's interpretation of Paul's letters. If you want me to talk a little bit more about that, I will, but Hope that gives you a little bit of uh, information there, Dale. Let me just get to some of you on TikTok
1: over here. Um, yeah. I hope I'm pronouncing your um, username correctly and welcome. Good to see you. Uh, Jack attacks the word. Um says, I believe that Paul is actually teaches the, the higher standard of the New
0: Covenant. All the laws have to be kept. Yes, amen. Realistically, he didn't meet the requirements of being, a, being an apostle, according to Acts chapter 1, verses 21 to 26. Amen. Yeah, amen. Absolutely. And like I said, don't get me wrong. I I quote Paul <laughs> often. I quote Paul often. But... You know, my, my. The bottom line is this: it's is like, I do not look at Paul with such a. I do not deify or idolize Paul as much as mainstream Christianity does today. So someone on TikTok says, um, I have a question, brother. No, I know that, excuse me, just a second here. I know there's so many comments, so much uh, activity going on, um, in the live chat on YouTube. So once again, I'm sorry if, um, I missed your, your stuff. What you do is just, let me just put this in here. Questions for Christopher should be addressed at Christopher. That way I'm just going to skim over the, the live chat and I'll just pick out the ones that say at Christopher. Okay. So someone there on TikTok live says, I have a question, brother, sin hinders prayer. When we join our prayers with others, is their sin
1: hindering? It's a really good question. It's a really, really good question. I don't think we should be
0: like parent, like really like, I mean, you can, you can take it to the extreme where, you know, you go around, it's like, well, I better, I better make sure I pray for people who's, you know, that don't have sin that would hinder my prayer. So I don't think we should be paranoid about it. Um, definitely it could hinder their prayer. Uh, and we, we read that in the, in the Psalms where it says, uh, if we, you know, if I regard sin in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. So there, I mean, that's proof right there that sin, God it has no obligation to hear or answer any prayer from those who regard sin in their hearts, who have sin in their hearts. Um, I, so I wouldn't be par- paranoid about it. I would, I would take it, uh, I wouldn't, on the other hand, I wouldn't go and pray with people that I know are just a whole, they're just a bunch of, you know, dishonoring, disrespectful to the Lord, people who who say they're believers, but they're just full of sin. I just wouldn't want to pray for, pray with these people anyway. So I think there's a healthy balance there. Would, would your sins be hindered because of others that you pray with? Oh, no, excuse me. Would your prayers be hindered, excuse me, because of the sins of others that you pray with? Generally speaking, I, I wouldn't think so. Generally speaking. Now, I, I say that because I know there, are a, there is a vast array of different circumstances that maybe things that I, I, didn't, I, I didn't think of, maybe something that a lot, of, a lot of people wouldn't think of, so I don't want to throw a blanket statement over it. But yeah, it's something that I wouldn't really be
1: overly paranoid about. Jason says, "Stop talking,
0: Paul. Let's talk. Let's talk prophecy and what's happening today. Important." Jason, are you still
1: there? Yeah, Jason, the reason why I'm talking about Paul is not
0: because I, I didn't even plan on talking about Paul today. Actually, someone asked me a question about Paul on YouTube. I'm I'm on live on on YouTube as well. So someone asked
1: me a question about Paul and I promised that I would answer that question. So someone says you can't cherry pick the Bible. Yeah. Someone says religion is dying. It depends on how you define religion. Yeah. Okay. See so what we got over here on YouTube. Okay. Again, I'm sorry if I missed your question.
0: If I missed your question over there on YouTube, please, please forgive me and repost it
1: with the at Christopher sign. Uh, I'm going to try to pick out ones that. You know everyone anyway, but like the letters of Paul, for example, I think that that should be the very last thing
0: that people study in the Bible. I think everything should be studied before that. The Torah be the Torah being the most important part of the Bible should be studied and thoroughly understood. first, the prophets thoroughly studied and, uh, and understood and then get to the new testament and you know, james is a great book first second third john great books um, peter first peter especially is a great book uh, the gospels i would leave paul to the very last that way you can you can judge for yourself one of the, the biggest problem actually is that
1: we have people that we have people that idolize the bible
0: the bible canon is what i'm talking about i'm not talking about the content of the bible but rather the bible canon itself the, like just because a book is in the bible doesn't mean that it's equal to another book that's in the bible just because a book is in the bible doesn't mean that it's 100% you know you cannot isaiah is not like moses it's a great difference between Isaiah and Moses. And Paul is certainly not like Isaiah. It's a great difference between Paul and Isaiah. There are d- dynamics. Fearfully confident, fearfully confident. Uh, Genesis chapter 49, verse 27. Yeah, speaking of, uh, as a lot of people would, would believe, this is about Paul, because Paul said that he's from the tribe of Benjamin. So Genesis 49, verse 27, Benjamin is a ravenous wolf. In the morning he shall devour the prey, and at night he
1: shall divide the spoil. Acts chapter uh,
0: 16, verse 18. If you could, guys, like if you're you're, um, referencing verses, if you could... Please actually quote the verse in the live chat. Acts chapter 16, verse 18 says, And this she did for many days, but Paul, greatly annoyed, turned and said to the Spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came
1: out of her that very hour. Okay. There are a lot of people. uh, I know someone actually who claims to be, an exorcist and that person is not a Christian at all. Certainly does not live a good lifestyle.
0: Again, I'm sorry. A lot of of these uh, comments I'm going to have to skip here. Vinny says, Shalom everyone. Shalom Vinny. Vinny says, may you guys have a blessed Shabbat. Thank you Vinny. I know your Shabbat would be over now, I think, but uh, thank you. Hope you had
1: a great Shabbat there, Vinny. Bibi says, uh, Shabbat Shabbat Shalom uh, from Will
0: Sr. and myself to you, Christopher Enoch, and to all our brothers and sisters, yes, and
1: to you as well. Blessings, blessings. One John two
0: twenty six says, "FYI, the president of Ukraine is a Jew."
1: Yes, I heard that. Yes, interesting. Vida says, "Thank you, sir, for your
0: videos and sharing your knowledge. My Shabbat is completely or completed with your
1: videos." Elohim, bless you. Thank you very much, Vita. Elohim, bless you more. Blessings. Huh. I, you know, I do have to, this caught my eye. Deuteronomy is the most beautiful book in the Bible without question. Vita
0: says, "Life my life changed since Devarim, as Deuteronomy read. Praise the Lord from the bottom of my heart. Thank you for your advice and your prayers. God bless you and your family. Thank you very much, Vita. And praise God, Hallelujah for that. Yes, how um, long I think it was a couple months ago now. Um, last year, uh, on on one of these live streams, and it it probably was a Shabbat live stream as well." Vita came on here and asked me what book of the Bible I recommend to read. And I said Deuteronomy. And so Vita said that ever since she has, ever since then, she's read Deuteronomy every day and it has changed her life. Um, yeah, so praise the Lord. Awesome. Absolutely
1: amazing. Awesome. You know, when you have a book that that Yeshua quoted from so often, I should tell you something, right? You got you got a very powerful book. Christina
0: said, "Paul said he was blameless under the law." That's pretty. That's pretty
1: perfect. Um Christina also said Paul couldn't even manage to say do not eat
0: food sacrificed to idols like James told him to say. Yeah, very good question, very good point. Um and um in what what uh, what Paul taught about eating food sacrificed to idols seems to be a di- diametric um in diametric opposition Excuse me, to what, what Jesus himself said, to what Yeshua himself said uh, in Revelation chapters 2 and 3. He has, he severely punished the church because of their doing just that, eating food sacrificed to idols. And so there seems to be, a you know, a, a, a quite
1: a contradiction between the teachings of Paul and the teachings of Yeshua in that regard. Kali Sway
0: says, hey, brother, hope you're well. I'm doing well. Thank you. I uh, hope you are well.
1: Welcome, by the way. Shabbat Shalom. Dale says, thank you, brother. And I've learned so
0: much from your own teachings on Paul's writings years ago. Wow. Okay. Awesome, Dale. Uh, you've been around for a
1: while then. You're one of the, uh, you're one of the originals. Awesome. Awesome.
0: HP says, I've never celebrated Passover before. I buy in bulk for prepping slash canning and and don't want to throw away all my leavening supplies if possible. Am I to just remove it from my house? Or, yeah, so uh, there are a lot of questions like this in regards to how to celebrate different feasts and festivals and holidays of the Lord. This is one such question. Now, when it comes to that, I think the Jews, they have a very good way of dealing with it. And that's, that's what they do. They, you know, they would just remove it from the home and, uh, put, put, put it elsewhere. I'm not sure, uh, what you have available, you know, I guess perhaps, I'm not sure if it would be even acceptable according to Jewish law and I'm not talking about God's law, but acceptable to jewish law for the you know just to put some a lot of that stuff just in your car or whatever but i don't know if you live in a place where you can
1: if you have like a shed outside or something like that to put it in but yeah basically that's the idea so uh, we have more
0: mower, 14 I apologize if I didn't pronounce that properly.
1: It says Shabbat Shalom from Jimenez Family in Nampa, Idaho. Shabbat Shalom. Good to see you. WorthyPasta69 says, can you say hi to my son, Gabe? Hi, Gabe. Hi, Gabe. How are you doing? Hope you're having an awesome day. Awesome day.
0: Yes, blessings, blessings. God bless you. Blessings multiplied to you.
1: God bless you. God bless you, Gabe.
0: Let's see over there on yeah. For those of you who are on TikTok right now, you wonder what I'm doing. I've got multiple live streams going on right now. I'm I'm checking out some of the some of the uh, live chat on YouTube right now. I am live streaming on YouTube simultaneously. Elizabeth says Shabbat Shalom, everyone. Shabbat Shalom, Elizabeth. Good to see you. Yes, so let's get into um, Deuteronomy chapter 3. Deuteronomy, awesome, awesome book. We're going to read some of this and discuss it. Deuteronomy chapter 3. Then we turned and went up the road to Bashan, and Og, king of Bashan, or Bashan, came out with all his people to meet us in battle at Edrei. But the Lord said to me, do not fear him, for I have handed him and all his people and his land over to you. And you shall do to him just as you did to Sihon, king of the Amorites, who lived in Heshbon. So the Lord our God also handed over to us Og, king of Bashan, with all his people, and we struck them until no survivor was left. We captured all his cities at that time. There was not a city which we did not take from them. Sixty cities, all the region of the Argob, the kingdom in Bashan, all these were cities fortified with high walls, gates, and bars besides a great many unwalled towns. We utterly destroyed them, as we did to Sihon, king of Heshbon, utterly destroying the men, women, children of every city, but all the animals and the spoils of the cities we took as our plunder. So at that time, we took the land from the hand of the two kings of the Amorites who were, who were beyond the Jordan, from the valley of Arnon uh, to Hermon. The C- Sidonians or Sidonians call Hermon Syrian, and the Amorites call it Senir. All the cities of the plateau, all Gilead and all Bashan, as far as Selica and Edrei, cities of the kingdom of Og and Bashan. Bashan. For only Og, king of Bashan, was left of the remnant of the Raphaim. Behold, his bed was a bed of iron. It is in Rabbah of the sons of Ammon. Its length was nine cubits. So a cubit was uh, a foot and a half. So nine cubits would be like over 13 feet long, over 13 feet long. And it's width four cubits by the usual cubit. So the four cubits would be uh, six, six feet wide. So, So it's kind of, it's kind of amusing that, you know, out of all the things that they've captured and all the things that they did they had you know it's they found it worthy to you know give the specific dimensions of his bed here verse verse 12 so we took possession of this land at that time from Aroer which is by the valley of arnon and half of the hill country of gilead and its cities i gave to the reubenites and to the gadites the rest of gilead and all bashan the kingdom of og i gave to the rest to the half tribe of menasheh all the region of the Argob. As to all Bashan, it is called the land of Raphaim. Yair, the son of Manasseh, took all the region of Argob as far as the border of the Gerscherites and the makathites, that is Bashan, named it after his own name, Habath Yair, as it is to stay. to Makir I gave Gilead. To the Reubenites and the Gadites, I gave Gilead, even as far as the valley of Arnon, the the middle of the valley, as a border, and as far as the river Yabok, the border of the sons of Ammon, and the Araba also with the Jordan as a border, from Hinnometh, as far as the Sea of the Araba, the Salt Sea, as. at at the foot of the slopes of Pisgah on the east. Then I commanded you at that time, saying, The Lord your God has given you this land to possess it. All you valiant men shall cross over, armed ahead of your brothers, the sons of Israel. However, your wives, your little ones, your livestock and your livestock, I know you have much livestock, shall remain in your cities which I have given you until the Lord gives rest to your fellow countrymen as to you. And they also take possession of the land which the Lord your God is giving them beyond the Jordan. Then you may return each man to his possession, which I have given you. And I commanded Joshua at that time, saying, Your eyes have seen everything that the Lord your God has done to these two kings. The Lord will do the same to all the kingdoms into which you are about to cross. Do not fear
1: them. For the Lord your God is the one fighting for you. I also pleaded with the Lord at that time, saying the Lord God, in the footnotes here, what happened there? Uh, For some reason, footnotes didn't. Okay, not sure what what happened there. I also pleaded with you at the... uh,
0: Excuse me. I also pleaded with the Lord at that time, saying the Lord God, you have begun to show your servant your greatness and your strong hand for what God for what God is there in heaven or on earth who can do such works and mighty acts as yours. Please let me cross over and see the good land uh, that is beyond the Jordan, that good hill country and Lebanon. But the Lord was angry with me on your account and would not listen to me. Instead, the Lord said, enough, do not speak to me anymore about this matter. Wow. you imagine that? I mean, can you imagine praying and and God says, enough, I don't want to hear anymore? (laughs) Wow. Verse 27, go up to the top of Pisgah and raise your eyes to the west, the north, the south, and the east, and see it with your eyes, for you shall not cross over this Jordan. But commission Joshua and encourage him and strengthen him, for he shall go across, leading this people, and he will give to them as an inheritance the land which you will see. So we remained in the valley uh, opposite Beth Peor. Let's see that footnote if we can get to that footnote. Um, so that footnote is yeah Hebrew Yod Hey Wow Hey. Um, Usually rendered Lord in capitals. So it's interesting here in verse 24. We have it says, and I pleaded with the Lord at that time, saying, Lord. Now typically the Yod He wau would be would be translated in as capital O R O R L-O-R-D, excuse me. But here it's translated as capital G-O-D. So Deuteronomy 324. If this is if this is Yudhei Wauhei, what is this Lord? Because usually when you read Lord, it, it is a, it's that, it's capital L-O-R-D. So let's take a look in the um interlinear to see what it says here. Deuteronomy chapter 3, verse 24. What would it be?
1: Adonai. Lord said, "Say, Lord God." Um, yeah, it is Adonai. It's Adonai, right here. Oh, Lord, which is Adonai. And then the Yud Wow Hey is translated
0: as capital G, capital O, capital D. That's very, that's unusual because it's it's usually uh, translated or, you know, it's usually represented here as capital O-R-L-O-R-D instead of capital G-O-D. Very interesting and unusual rendition.
1: Deuteronomy chapter 4. Deuteronomy chapter 4. Oh, in the meantime, here, let me just
0: see. We got someone here on TikTok Live that says, uh, Can you say hi to Braden Stafford? Sure. Hi, Braden Stafford. Hi, Braden. Hi, Braden. Sorry that it took me a while here to get to your, to do this, but hello. God bless you. Okay, so let's read Deuteronomy chapter four. Deuteronomy chapter four. Again, for those of you who are on YouTube, if you want to direct a a question specifically to me, make sure you um, put at Christopher. Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse (laughs) 1. Someone says, can you say hi to question for move? Hello, question for move. Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 1. Now, Israel, listen to the statutes. And the judgments that I am teaching you to perform so that you will live and go in and take possession of the land, which the Lord, your God, the God of your fathers is giving you No, Okay. So I have to stop here because this is very important to understand. A lot of Christians would tell you that, that according to the law, you, you, you don't, you, that you don't, Oh, you don't obey the Torah to be saved. You you. You obey the Torah just because you love God. That's what a lot of people say. But if the Torah is forever eternal and and it hasn't passed away, then it does say very clearly in many places. This is one. This is one place. It, it also says this. Uh, I believe it's in Deuteronomy chapter six as well, if I can remember correctly. But it says here very. It says here very very clearly. You are to obey the statutes and judgments, which are, you know, it's the Torah, the commandments, so that you will live. Now, this is talking about spiritual life. It's like the just shall live by faith. Every Christian knows that that live means salvation. The just shall receive salvation by faith. Live is means like spiritual life, eternal life. You will live, okay, by observing the Torah according to according to the Torah. And take possession of the land which the Lord, the God of your fathers, is giving you. You shall not add to the word which I am commanding you, nor take away from it, so that you may keep the commandments of the Lord your God, which I am commanding you. Your eyes. Actually, you know what? Let me let me stop here as well. This is a very important command. You shall not add to the word, which I'm commanding you, nor take away from it. So you read about in um you read in the book of revelation a very very similar thing where it's like don't add to this book or take away from it uh let me see here and so what that is that's revelation chapter 22 verse 18 it says For I testify to everyone that whoever hears the words of the prophecy of this book, if anyone adds to these things, God will add to him the plagues that are written in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of this, uh, excuse me, takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God will take away his part of the book of life from the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. So, um the you know, John he got this whole concept of don't add from it don't add to this book don't take it away don't take anything away don't add to it he got that from Deuteronomy chapter 4 verse 2 I let me tell you a true story okay this is a true story and to look back at it I, you know my grandmother would say it's comical it's comical in a way it's kind of it's comical but in a way it's sad too because A lot of Christians have a very, very shallow point of view, really have a a very shallow point of view. I was in a restaurant once with another brother uh, having like lunch with him. And, and he was talking, we were talking about the Bible canon. Okay. Like what books, you know, does the Apocrypha need to be in the Bible or, or, you know, is the Apocrypha the word of God or what books should be, should the Bible include all this kind of stuff. By the way, Lord willing, Next Shabbat, Lord willing, next Shabbat we will be we will be uh, having a special um, Shabbat talking about the Apocrypha, and Lord willing, I'll have Onia on with me, um, and um, perhaps another brother. We'll see what happens. But um, yeah, if there's any of you, by the way, if there's any of you either on TikTok or on YouTube or any other platform you're listening to me right now, if you know of anybody that is well-versed in the Apocrypha uh, and would be a really good person to have on as a guest on the live stream to talk about the Apocrypha, let me know. Let me know. Let me. I'll give you my email. Uh, send me an email and let me know. Uh, this is the email right here. It's Christopher Enoch at protonmail.com. If you know of anybody who's well versed in the Apocrypha, uh, somebody who's who knows the Apocrypha well enough to answer some questions about it, let me know. And you know it really doesn't matter if they're for or against the Apocrypha because even if they're against the Apocrypha, we can I can uh, we can have like a little bit of a discussion about it. But if they're for the Apocrypha, that's good too. We can talk about it and we can answer questions in in, uh, in the live chat. So, yeah, let me know. If there's anybody that's uh, that's good with the Apocrypha and that uh, you think that I should invite on here for next Shabbat, send an email. Christopher Enoch at protonmail.com. Back to the story. Um, so, I was with this brother. In a restaurant, and he's like, "No, no, the Apocrypha is not for us today. No, no, it's only sixty-six books, and that's it." Because it says in Revelation chapter twenty-two, "Do not add anything to this book or take away from it." And he spoke like that, and he and he he, he brought it. He presented that as if it meant the whole Bible. I so I said to him, I said. You know, you know, when John wrote that in the book of Revelation, he was talking about the book of Revelation. He wasn't talking about the Bible. When when it says here, you know, if anyone adds to these things, God will add to them the plagues that are written in this book. It's talking about the book of Revelation only because there was no Bible back in those days when John wrote that. He's talking about the plagues that are written in the book of Revelation. And John is just warning people, do not tamper with this book of Revelation. That's what he's doing. But he, he actually got that concept from Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 2. So uh, some, I got a question here on
1: TikTok. Uh, actually, not a question, but a comment. the uh the comment is from Jessica
0: Jessica in the word i'm getting such hate, hateful messages on tiktok because i believe in the law i hear you i hear you uh <laughs> you know i feel like i feel for you but you know it's like welcome to the club <laughs> it's like hey i mean you you teach the you teach the truth you come into the truth you're going to have you're going to have some kickback and you know even yeshua said that we should expect this we should expect this kind of thing he said if they hated me they'll hate you and he said the world hates him in john chapter 7 verse 7 i mean that's 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 a different uh portrayal of of yeshua as a lot of people think of him today as if he's some loving you know it's such a lovable guy that everybody loves but That's not what, that's not the way it was. He was, he was some, he was somebody that, you think about it. It's like people hated him so much when he was on trial, everybody's like crucified. Everybody's like shouting,
1: crucify him. It's like, what did he do to you? Why would you hate him so much? So, you know, and, you know, even, even what Yeshua said too,
0: it's like, if you are, if you suffer persecution, if you suffer persecution uh, for 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 the for righteousness, remember, he says. Um, let's just go there for a minute, Jessica. Let's just. Uh, I'm just going to go to. You um,
1: uh, bring a good point out. Let me just go here. All of a sudden, my connection is a little bit slow here. Okay, so we're going to go to Matthew,
0: Matthew chapter five, verse ten blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake for theirs is the kingdom of heaven now let me let me stop there for a second righteousness sake that's what you're talking about Jessica in the word that's what you're talking about because you're getting hate you're getting hate because you believe in the law which is righteousness sake right because the the law what you're doing is you're preaching righteousness you're like you know which is it's it's the greatest thing ever you're preaching righteousness because you're preaching obedience to the law and according to Deuteronomy chapter 6 when you observe the law that is our righteousness that's what it says so you're you're persecuted because you believe in that and and yeshua has said himself you are blessed blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake That's exactly what you're explaining to me, Jessica. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all manner of evil against you falsely. Hey, I get it all the time. I get it all the time. Verse 12. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Wow. It's like, welcome to the club. Welcome. It's like, welcome to the club of Isaiah, Zechariah, Zephaniah, the greatest people that have ever lived in history. The greatest men and women of God that ever lived in history were also persecuted because of that. Or they also got hate because of that. Remember the number one purpose of a prophet is not to uh, is not to tell you what's going to happen in the future. They do that from time to time. They do, but the number one purpose of a prophet is to preach the Torah, to get people to turn back to the Torah, to point people back to the Torah, and that's exactly what Isaiah did, Jeremiah did. All they all did that, even Yeshua himself. He's like, I don't, I didn't come for the righteous, I come for the sinners to call them to repentance, to turn them back to the Torah, to turn them back to the law, to turn them back to the instructions of God, to get them on the right path. So you think about it, like, can you imagine how much honor and dignity is afforded people like Isaiah, who suffered and was actually killed? And a lot of these in Zechariah for, for, for preaching repentance preaching against sin uh, and so it's a beautiful thing to be to be
1: classified in that same group as them
0: I can't pronounce this so it's what ch56 um says I have some questions I need someone to answer please well if you have some questions feel free to uh, submit them on, on the live chat I'll do my best to answer the questions. Speaking of live chat, let's just take a peek at the um,
1: YouTube here. YouTube. Gabriel.
0: Gabriel, the believer says, please guys pray for me and my unborn baby's health. We'll do that right away. We'll do that right away. Okay, everybody, let's do it. We'll pray. Every believer within the sound of my voice, wherever you are, let's pray for Gabriel's unborn baby's health. Father, we thank you, Father, for your blessings. We come before your courts with thanksgiving and praise. We worship you. We adore you. You are so holy. You are so mighty. You are the great and awesome God. Father, we ask you that you would have mercy upon Gabriel. Upon Gabriel's unborn baby. Have mercy, Father. Let the baby be healthy. If there's anything
1: of concern with this unborn baby, Father, fix it. Fix it. And protect this baby. Let this baby be born a healthy baby. A healthy baby and let Gabriel dedicate this baby to you, so this baby would be yours. We give this baby over to you, Father. Father, we ask you would have mercy. See to it that the birth is very easy, uneventful,
0: everything goes well and smooth, and the baby is born very healthy, in the name of Yeshua of Nazareth, and
1: everyone said, Amen, Amen, Amen. So, Gabriel
0: says, uh, yes, same request. Just adds, just thank you and thank you, guys. Shalom.
1: Thank you for your prayer request. Lord be with you. God be with you and be gracious to you. Caballero says,
0: what does this verse mean? Revelation twenty two nineteen. God shall take away his part from the book of life. That means losing salvation, for lack of a better way of, of putting it. Um, if your name is written in the book of life, you are saved. And um, there's a good there's, that's a good verse to you know disprove the O S A S heresy, the once saved always saved heresy. And we know right from the very beginning, like Moses prayed, you know, um, that he would be blotted out of the book for the sake of the children of Israel, whom he loves so much. So, you know, it is possible. It is possible to get saved per se, to have your name in the book of life and then for your name to be
1: erased. It is possible. So that's what it's talking about. Vida says, Amen,
0: Amen. And Gabriel says, Amen, Amen. Okay, great. Let's get back to the book of Deuteronomy. So, before we go on, let me just also bring out this. This is verse 2 of Deuteronomy 4 You shall not add to the word which I am commanding you, nor take away from it, so that you may keep the commandments of the Lord your God which I am commanding you. So, once again, this is. This is where John got that concept from in the book of Revelation, chapter 22. However, let me just also bring it to to your attention as well, that in the days of Yeshua, in the New Testament, we have the Pharisees and the Sadducees. The Pharisees were the people who believed and observed the Torah and the prophets and the Ketuvim, and the traditions of the Jews, the oral law and the written law, they accepted everything, basically, right? The Sadducees, it's a historical fact, the Sadducees only accepted the five books of Moses as authentic holy scripture. Everything else they rejected. They didn't believe in the prophets. At least, well, maybe they might have kind of I, they just didn't classify it as Holy Scripture. Very similar to a lot of Protestants today who only believe in the 66 books. Very, very similar. They're, they're like modern-day Sadducees. They, didn't, they, didn't accept, they don't accept anything other than what is authentic Scripture. So the reason why that the Sadducees only accepted the five books of Moses was for two reasons. Number one, the five books of Moses, the, the Torah that was brought through Moses was, was given to Moses publicly on Mount Sinai. Um, you know, he was there for 40 days on Mount Sinai, and everybody heard, everybody saw. Everybody experienced the power and the glory of God. Everybody, millions of people heard the voice of God. When Moses came down from the mountain, nobody, he didn't have to prove himself to be a prophet. Everybody knew it. There were millions of witnesses. He didn't need any witnesses. He had as many, he had more than you can shake a stick at. The prophets, on the other hand, they didn't have, perhaps with some exceptions, but they didn't have any witnesses at all. It's like. A lot of their prophecies, and when they received the word of God, it was it was private, private um, revelations. God spoke to them privately through dreams and visions. So that's one reason why the Sadducees only accepted the the the, the Torah of Moses, okay, because it's the only one that was leg- that was publicly confirmed by God. Number two. The, only, the, the second reason why they only accept the books of Moses or the Torah of Moses is because of this verse, Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 2, you shall not add to the word which I command you, nor take away from it. So according to them, it's like if, if Isaiah came around or, you know, if Zephaniah came around, it's like, what, you're trying to add to the word now and you got you get more word of God? No, we—it's all done. I mean, the word is all—the like Bible canon is all sealed. It's the Torah, and that's it. That's how they looked at it. I'm not saying that's—that's that's the right way to look at it. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I'm just—I'm just informing you guys. That's—that is how the Sadducees viewed it. That's the reason why the Sadducees did not believe in a lot of these very mystical. Uh, or like uh, the re- the resurrection and all this kind of thing. Because they didn't really see it in the in the Torah. They didn't see it. You don't read much about the resurrection or, or some of the things that you read in the, the prophets. And because of that, that's the reason why they didn't believe in the resurrection. As the New Testament says, they don't believe in the resurrection. So very important to understand that. Um... I believe you should look at it like this. The Torah is like the highest of hierarchy. Under that would be the prophets. Under that would be the ketavim, which would be the writings. For that reason. The, uh, the Torah is like the highest hi- hierarchy because of who brought it and how it, was, how it was delivered
1: from God to Moses, to the people. Excuse me, the second, the second
0: in, in hierarchy, um, one step down from that, I should say, are the prophets. And so they're one step down because the primary purpose of the prophets, again, was to point people back to the Torah or at least call them to repentance, i.e. stop sinning and get, get, it, get your life on track. So the prophets basically just kept on saying, Hey guys, you're missing it. Get back to the get back to the instructions of God, go back to living righteous, go back, go back, go back. So the Torah came, and then the prophets came and directed the people back to the Torah. Then the Ketavim, where they, they were under the, you know, another step down from the prophets, the Ketavim means writings or scriptures depends on writings which would include you know the first and second chronicles Esther Ecclesiastes Psalms and, if, and some of the other books as well and the historical books and stuff like that um they're there just basically to fill in the, the gaps and also to help people to interpret and live accordingly and so uh i think it's very important to understand that and also this particular, um, this particular command, you shall not add to the word which I am commanding you, nor take away from it. We read about this in the beginning, uh, in, the, in, the, uh, in Genesis. In Genesis chapter 3, the fall of man, Adam, that was one of the things that Adam did. He added to the word of the command. And that is really the root of the fall of man. Let me explain. God said, do not eat of the of the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And he told Adam alone. Adam, in turn, told Eve. But Adam added. Adam added to the word. He said, God said, you can eat from every tree, but don't eat from the tree of the knowledge of, of good and evil and don't touch it don't touch the tree. So Adam added that extra command, don't touch the tree. See, God didn't say don't touch it. There's nothing wrong with touching it. And so we read, we read, um, I believe it was in the legends of the Jews, if my memory serves me correctly, that when, when Satan came to tempt Eve, he used that as the open door to get in. It's like, so you're not supposed to touch the tree, so you, you know, because it's like, has God really said that you can't eat from every tree? You see, the devil really turned it upside down. He really inverted. No, God said you can eat from every tree except this one. So, the devil says to Eve, "Did God has God has God said you can't eat from every tree?" <laughs> what Eve should have said is. No, God didn't say we can't eat from every tree. He He said you can eat from every tree, just not that one. But she didn't answer that way. So Eve answered back to the devil, saying, "Well, we we can't eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And we can't touch it." And the devil's like, "Now this again. This is part of the extra biblical Jewish literature. Um, we don't read this explicitly in the Book of Genesis, but." It makes sense. The devil basically said, "Oh, um, you know, basically they like, put your hand on it, you know, lean against it, and oh, not, see, nothing happened. So, you know, so look, it. It's not true that you that you that you can't touch it, and if you touch it, you will die. It's not true. So, eat the fruit. You see how he got in there? He got in there by the extra commandment that Adam added. So it's very important." To to not confuse God's word with man's word. Very important. Don't confuse God's word with man's word. That's apparently what Eve did, and that's how she got deceived. And the devil used that as a way in
1: to deceive her.
0: Just uh, out of the corner of my eye here, I caught this. Um, Vita says, Jeremiah 17.13 is what Yeshua did, ri- ri- writing on the floor, when they asked him to judge the woman cheating. Jeremiah 17.13, those who turn away from you will be written in the dust because they have forsaken the Lord in this uh, the spring of living water.
1: Wow. It's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah, that's an amazing. Uh, that's an amazing point. Thank you for sharing that.
0: Moving on with Deuteronomy chapter four, so it says, "You shall not add to the word which I am commanding you, nor take away from it, so that you may keep the commandments of the Lord your God, which I am commanding you." Now again, why? God's very clear here. He's doing everything, and you'll you'll see this throughout the Tanakh, throughout the law, the Torah, the prophets, where God keeps on giving tips on how to obey. you know you shall not add from the word which I'm commanding you, nor take away from it, so that you may you may keep the commandments of the Lord your God, so that, which I'm commanding you now, if it's true, what modern Christianity teaches you is that it's impossible to keep the commandments then this is absurd for God to say this this is use this is rid- outrageous for God to say something like this if it's impossible for people to keep and we'll see that you see this over and over and over and over again so many times throughout the Bible God says here's a tip do this so that you so that it would it will help you to keep the commandments you can keep them again those of you who uh if you're listening here and if you if you know somebody who would benefit from what we're saying you know just send them a, send them a little message say hey tune into this live stream listen to this share it send them a link verse th- uh, verse three verse three says your eyes have seen what the lord has done in the case of Baal or Baal Peor, for all the men who have followed Baal Peor, the Lord your God has destroyed them among from among you. But you, who to the Lord your God are alive today, every one of you. So, I, I'm the, the moral of the story here is to cling to the Lord your God, right? To to always keep him in the forefront of your mind of your heart see i have taught you statutes and judgments just as the lord my god commanded me that that you are to to do these things in the land where you are entering to take possession of it again again here we are we got another you'll see this repeat over and over and over and over again where it's like Again, Moses is like, see I've taught you these things, I've taught you the commandments, I've taught you the judgments, the statutes, the Torah of the Lord. Why so that you are to do it. Now, if it's impossible to do, what's wrong with Moses is he losing it here? If if the if the if the Torah is impossible to obey. God should have said, "Hey, you know what? It's impossible for you guys to obey. Just don't even, uh, you know, don't worry about it because it's impossible. It's only to show you how much of a sinner you are. And by the way, here's a whole load of co- curses for you guys if you don't obey them.
1: Like, do you actually think that's what God is, is like?
0: Verse six, so keep and do them. <laughs> Again, so keep and do them. For that is your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of the peoples who will hear all these statutes and say, surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. For what great nation is there as a God so near to it, as is the Lord, our God, whenever we call on him. Beautiful. Isn't that beautiful? It's like, it's like having God so close to you, it's like, It's like saying, hey, Father, Daddy,
1: Abba. And it's like God's God's like, yeah? Yes, child, what do you want? Having your prayers heard and answered fast
0: and publicly for everybody to look at and say, wow, these people, their God
1: is very close to them. Okay, so verse 8, verse 8, just a second here.
0: Or what great nation is there that has statutes and judgments as righteous as this whole law, which I am setting before you today? I can't help but think how many nations in the West started out with with um, laws that were very righteous because they it reflected the law of God. But the more and more time goes on, the more and more the laws of the land are changed to be contrary to that of the law of God, unfortunately. And that's the reason why we are seeing what we're seeing today in the world and many different problems that the world is facing today. Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 9, only be careful for yourself and watch over your soul diligently so that you do not forget the things which your eyes have seen, and they do not depart from your uh, your heart all the days of your life, but make them known to your sons and your grandsons. Remember the day you stood before the Lord your God at Horeb when the Lord said to me, assemble the people to me that I may have them Hear my words so that they may learn to fear me all the days that I live on the earth, and that they may teach their children. You came forward and stood at the foot of the mountain, and the mountain was burning with fire to the heart of the heavens, darkness, cloud, and thick gloom. Then the Lord spoke to you from the midst of the fire. You heard the sound of words, but you saw no form. There was only a voice. So he declared to you his covenant, which he commanded you to perform. That is the Ten Commandments. Uh, there's a footnote here. probably says ten words or ten sayings. Yeah, literally words. Okay. Because in the Ten Commandments, there are more than ten commandments, by the way. There's basically ten words or ten sayings or ten, uh, ten points, basically. But more than ten commandments. And he wrote them on two tablets of stone. The Lord commanded me at that time to teach you statutes and judgments so that you would perform them in the land where you are going over to take possession of it. Now, let me just
1: back up here. Because this is a very important thing right here. Okay? The Lord
0: spoke to you from the midst of the fire You heard the sound of words, but you saw no form. Why would that be? Why doesn't God show himself in a form? Why is it God is so,
1: for lack of a better word, formless?
0: Because God knows that if he showed his form, if the Lord here, not Yud Hey Wow Hey, okay. If He showed His form, He knows that it's People are going to be making images of that form and worshiping it. They'll be making idols. So that's the reason why God doesn't show Himself in a form, as a form. back to Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 15. So be very careful yourselves, since you did not see any form on the day the Lord spoke to you at at Horeb from from the Misfire, so that, here's the reason right here, so that you do not act corruptly and make, make a carved image for yourselves in the form of any figure, and a representation of male or female, a representation of any animal that is on the earth, a representation of any winged bird that flies in the sky a representation of anything that crawls on the ground or a representation of any fish that is in the water below the earth and be careful not to raise your eyes to heaven and look at the sun, the moon and the stars, all the heavenly lights and allow yourself to be drawn away and worship them and serve them. These things are things which the Lord, your God has allotted to all the peoples under heaven Under the whole of uh, under the whole heaven. But the Lord has taken you and brought you out of the iron furnace from Egypt to be a people of his own possession as today. Now, the Lord was angry with me on your account, and he swore that I would not cross the Jordan and that I would not enter the good land, which the Lord your God is giving you. As an inheritance, for I am going to die in this land. I am not crossing the Jordan, but you are going to cross, and you will take possession of the land. So be careful yourselves that you do not forget the covenant of the Lord your God, which he made with you, and make for yourselves a carved image in the form of anything against which the Lord your God has commanded you. For the Lord your God is a consuming fire. A jealous God. So we read about this in Hebrews chapter 10, where it says the Lord is a consuming fire. Now, what does this mean, consuming fire? I and mean, you know that a lot of the charismatic world today, you know, they, they talk about God as a consuming fire. In the What they say is, well, God is, is a fire of love. It's a fire of love. You know, let, let his fire burn upon us. You know, let the love of God, the fire of God burn upon us. That's not what it means, okay? That sounds good, but that's not what it means. We know that God consumed people, the fire of God. Nadab and Abihu are good examples of that. Fire came out from the presence of the Lord and consumed uh, them. And also, uh, we read also uh, in the book of Kings, I believe it is, where Fire came out from the presence of God and consumed the sacrifice. So, when it says the Lord your God is is a consuming fire, that in that context is a very fearsome thing. It's like instant cremation, instant cremation. And so, it's
1: not it's not something that you like how the charismatic world portrays it today. Verse 25, when your father,
0: when you father children and have grandchildren and you grow old in the land and you act corruptly and make an idol in the form of anything and do what is evil in the sight of the Lord your God to provoke him to anger, I call heaven and earth as witnesses against you today, you will certainly perish quickly from the land where you are going over the Jordan to take possession of it. Let me stop here for a second. What does it mean I call heaven and earth as
1: witnesses against you? According to the book of Enoch, heaven, the the,
0: the angels of heaven, the hosts of heaven, are witnesses. At least at least some of them are are that that is their duty. The witnesses of heaven. The angels witnessing what's going on on earth here today. They're watching. They are recording, as it were, what's going on. The witnesses, and this is what uh, Hebrews chapter 12 is talking about, where it talks about the great cloud of witnesses. There are many spiritual entities and angels and spirits that are witnessing what you're doing.
1: Because on the Day of Judgment, everything has to be done in order
0: and according to the Torah. Everything must be established on at least two or three
1: witnesses. It's almost like a court today where you've got witnesses. So, Yeah, when the day when the day of judgment comes, these witnesses can be for you or against you. Moving on here with uh, the last part
0: of verse 26 of Deuteronomy 4, you will not you will not live long on it, but but will be utterly destroyed. The Lord will scatter you among the peoples, and you will be left few in number among the nations where the Lord drives you. You will serve you will serve gods the work of human hands, wood and stone, which neither see nor hear, nor eat, nor smell anything. But from there, you will seek the Lord your God and you will, you will find him if, there's a condition there, if you search him, search for him with all your heart and with all your soul. That's a very awesome promise because basically what it's saying is even when you're even when you're at your lowest, even when you are backslid, you will seek the Lord your God and you will find him if you search, search for him with all your heart and with all your soul. When you are in distress and all these things happen to you in the latter days, you will return to the Lord your God and listen to his voice. For the Lord your God is a compassionate God. It reminds me how a lot of Christians believe that the God of the Old Testament is so, so mean and so uh, judgmental and so ruthless. It's actually in the so-called Old Testament, in the Tanakh, we have more about God's mercy and God's grace and God's compassion than we have in the New Testament. Let me give you an example. This is what I'm this is what I'm talking about. Many times we have in the dedication of the temple, Solomon's Temple, we have in the the book of Psalms, we have the songs that are sung, you know, that his mercy it, it, uh, for the Lord is good and his his love endures forever.
1: For the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. You don't see that at all in the New Testament. Yes, and uh,
0: Vita said here, I see that uh, your conscience is one of them. Speaking about one of the uh, witnesses, yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 31. For the Lord your God is a compassionate God. He will not abandon you, nor destroy you, nor forget the covenant with your fathers which he swore to them. Indeed, ask about the early days that were before your time. Since the day that God created mankind on the earth, and inquire from one end of the heavens to the other. Has anything been done like this great thing, or has anything been heard like it? Has any people heard the voice of God speaking from the midst of the fire, as you have heard, and survived? Or has a God ventured to go to take for himself a nation from within other nation, another nation by trials? Trials meaning like um, the plagues of Egypt. By signs and wonders, by war, by a mighty hand, by an outstretched arm, and by great terrors, just as the Lord your God did for you in Egypt before your eyes. Wow, that's amazing. You were shown these things so that you might know that the Lord, he is God. There is no other besides him. Out of the heavens, he lets you hear his voice to discipline you. And on earth, he lets you see his great fire. And you heard his words from the midst of the fire. Because he loved your fathers, he chose their descendants after them. And he personally brought you from Egypt by his great power. Driving out from before you nations greater and mightier than you. In other words, it wasn't because of their great, greatness or might or their strength. It was only because of a miracle of God. Driving out nation, from before you nations greater and mightier than you to bring you in and to give you their land as, as an inheritance as it is today. Therefore, know today and take it to your heart. That the Lord, He is God in heaven above, and on earth below there is no other. So you shall keep His statutes and His commandments, which I am giving you today, so that it may go well with you for you and for your children after you, and that you may live long. On the land which the Lord your God is giving you for all time. Again, right here, verse 40, that verse tells you point blank, plainly, bluntly, tells you what the purpose of the Torah is. God tells you exactly what the purpose of the Torah is. (laughs) And I'll give you a hint, right? It's not what modern christianity teaches today modern christianity teaches today that the purpose of the torah is just to show you how much of a sinner you are and how much you need how much you need the messiah how much you need jesus that's not what god said that's what man said god said that the purpose of the torah the purpose of his guidelines and instructions is It says here, so you shall keep his statutes and his commandments which I am giving you today. Why? For what reason? What's the what's the purpose of the Torah, Lord? So that it may go well for you and your children after you, and that you may live long on the land which the Lord your God is giving you for all time. Beautiful, isn't it? That's my God. That's my God. That's the God of love. That's the God of mercy. That's the God of grace because he gave his word through Moses as an act of grace. Verse 41. Then Moses set apart three cities across the Jordan to the east, for one to flee there, who unintentionally killed his neighbor, without having hatred for him in time past, and by fleeing to one of these cities he might live. Bezer in the wilderness on the plateau for the Reubenites, Ramoth in Gilead for the Gadites, Golan in Bashan for the for the um, Now this is the law, which which Moses set before the sons of Israel. These are the testimonies and the statutes and the ordinances which Moses spoke to the sons of Israel when they came out of Egypt across the Jordan in the valley opposite Beth Peor. In the land of Sihon, king of the Amorites, who lived in Heshbon, who Moses and the sons of Israel defeated when they came out of Egypt. Possession of his land. In the land of Og, king of Bashan. The two kings of the Amorites, who were across the Jordan to the east from Aror, which are on the edge of the valley of Arnon, even as far as Mount Sion, that is, Hermon, with all the Arabah across the Jordan to the east, even as far as the Sea of
1: the Arba at the foot of the slopes of Pisgah. Deuteronomy chapter 5. The Ten
0: Commandments repeated. This could be one of the reasons why the, um, uh, the Septuagint in the Greek translation of the Hebrew book of Devarim is translated as Deuteronomy, meaning second law. Meaning, basically, he, he, it, the law is repeated um, again, the second time. Now Moses summoned all Israel and said to them, listen, Israel, to the statutes and ordinances which I am speaking today for you to hear so that again why
1: <laughs> so that you may learn them and be careful to do them again it could it could say here
0: oh no you know uh, uh so that so that you know that uh, that you're sinners and, and and you know nobody can obey the law so that's what it says it says the opposite verse two the lord our god made a covenant with us at horeb The Lord did not make this covenant with our fathers, but with us, all of us who are alive here today. The Lord spoke with you face to face at the mountain from the midst of the fire. While I was standing between the Lord and you at that time to declare to you the word of the Lord, for you were afraid because of the fire and you did not go up on the mountain. He said I'm the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt out of the house of slavery you shall have no other gods besides me you shall not make for yourselves a carved image or any likeness that of what is in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the water underneath under the earth You shall not worship them nor serve them, for I, the Lord, your your God, am a jealous God, inflicting the punishment of the fathers on the children, even to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing favor to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. For the Lord will not leave unpunished the one who takes his name in vain. Keep the Sabbath day and treat it as holy. Holy means separate, set, separated, set apart, different than all other days. As the Lord your God commanded you, for six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath of the Lord your God. You shall not do any work that day. You or your son or your daughter or your male slave or your female slave or your ox, your donkey, or any of your cattle or your resident who stays with you so that your male slave and your female slave may rest as well as you. And you shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt and the Lord your God brought you out of by a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to celebrate the Sabbath day. Honor your father and your mother, just as the Lord your God has commanded you, so that your days may be prolonged, and that it may go well for you on the land which the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, nor desire your neighbor's house, his field, his male slave, or his female slave, his ox, his donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. These words the Lord spoke to your whole assembly at the mountain from the midst of the fire, from the cloud, and from the thick darkness. With a great voice, he added nothing more. He wrote them on two tablets of stone and gave them to me. When you heard the voice from the midst of the darkness while the mountain was burning with fire, you approached me, all the heads of your tribes and your elders. You said, behold, the Lord our God has shown us his glory and his greatness, and we have heard his voice from the midst of the fire. We have seen today that God speaks with mankind, yet he lives. Now then, why should we die? For this great fire will will consume us. If we hear the voice of the Lord our God any longer, then we will die. For who is there of all humanity who has heard the voice of the living God speaking from the midst of the fire as we have and lived? Go near and listen to everything that the Lord our God says. Then speak to us everything that the Lord our God speaks to you. And we will listen and do it. A couple things here. Let me just point out something. This is a remnant, this is basically uh, a summary of Exodus chapter 19. Exodus chapter 19 speaking of how God spoke to the whole nation, millions of people basically, publicly, publicly. Again, there was no need to test the word of God by a prophet because they all heard it, they all knew.
1: Also, uh, also, let me just see here. Okay, so they're begging Moses,
0: uh, go near and listen to everything that the Lord our God says. Then speak to us everything that the Lord our God speaks to you, and we will listen and do it. So they're they're begging Moses to 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 listen to God because they can they can't they can't bear it. Okay, so again, Moses is instantly canonized per se. He didn't have to prove himself to be a prophet. Everybody trusted him. Everybody knew it because everybody saw it. <laughs> they, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. But but check this out. The whole nation. Keep in mind, these are millions of people. They all said, we will listen and do it. Everybody said, we will listen and we will do what God said. None of them said, oh, it's too much for us to do. Oh, nobody can obey all those laws. Nobody said that.
1: The exact opposite. They all said, we'll do it all. We'll do it. You know, we'll do it. You think about that for a minute. You think today,
0: in a a nation of millions of people, if you gave them even two or three commands, there might be somebody who would say, ah, that's too much.
1: I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to worry about it. I'm not going to do it. But there, they all said, without
0: exception, they will do the Torah. They will do it. Nobody nobody said what the
1: modern Christian narrative would tell you today. Nobody said it was impossible. Verse 28,
0: now the Lord heard the sound of your words when you spoke to me. And the Lord said to me, I have heard the sound of the words of this people, which they have spoken to you. They have done well in, in, that, in all that they have spoken. In other words, the Lord says, everything they said is good. Again, if all of these millions of people were wrong, in in that they could obey the the entire Torah. If they were wrong, this this would have been the perfect time for God to step in and say, hey, Moses, listen. I heard what these people say. All of these people said that they're able to, that they will obey my, my law. You should go tell them that it's impossible for them to obey the law. It's not right. They said something that's not right. They can't do it. Of course not. Of course not. They can do it. It's easy. Verse 29, if only they had such a heart in them to fear me and keep all my commandments always, so that it would go well with them and with their sons forever. Again, here we have a repeat. According to God himself, what the purpose of the Torah is. What's the purpose of the law? Not to... not to bang you, bash you over, over your head and, and, and show you how much of a sinner you are and how much you need Jesus. Jesus doesn't need that. He, he doesn't need a sales pitch. He doesn't need a salesman. He does very well on his own. All on his own, okay? The Torah, the, Torah, the purpose of the Torah is so that it would go well with you and with your sons forever. That's what the purpose is. That's the heart of God. Verse 30. Go, say to them, return to your tents. But as for you, stay here by me, that I may speak to you all the commandments, the statutes, and the judgments which you shall tem, so that they may follow them in the land which I am giving them to possess. So you shall be careful to do just as the Lord your God has commanded you. You shall not turn aside to the right or to the left. You shall walk entirely in the way which the Lord your God has commanded you so that you may live. Again, you live eternal life comes by the Torah, according to God. This is, how many times have we read this so far? Twice today, anyway. Not not counting any of the other times throughout the rest of the books of the Torah. But God said very clearly, that, that observing the Torah, aligning yourself with his commandments is the way to, to inherit eternal life. Not only did God say this, we read it in, in uh, Jesus said it. I mean, time and time again, people came to Jesus, people came to Yeshua, and they said, how do we get eternal life? Good question. You ask the Lord himself how to get eternal life. What did he say? Okay. Remember, this is Matthew chapter 19, Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 18, Mark chapter 9, okay, so, or Luke, or Mark chapter 10, excuse me, he said over and over and over again, obey the commandments. You ask Jesus how to get eternal life, how do you get saved? Jesus said, obey the commandments. He couldn't say anything different because that's what, that's what the Word of God is. The Word of God is, obey the commandments that you may live. The just shall live by
1: faith. The same meaning here. So that you may live and that it may be well with
0: you again, and that you may prolong your days in the land which you will possess. Amen. Amen. Deuteronomy chapter six, very, very powerful, powerful chapter. I see here. Um, We have Vita, Deuteronomy chapter 6, chapter 7, chapter 8, chapter 9, and chapter 30, 31, 32, 33 is the most powerful chapters. You have to read standing or put on white clothes. I put on a headscarf when I pray. You feel the love of Elohim guaranteed.
1: Also read it aloud. Wow, awesome. Awesome. All right.
0: I actually tried putting on, I actually tried wearing white when I first started doing live streams. I, I wore white and it wasn't good for the camera. It wasn't good for the camera. It just made everything go weird. Um, the, the, Exposure and everything just really went off. It didn't turn out very well at all. Divine Messenger on DLive said, Mount Hermon is where the the fallen angels were. Divine Messenger says, The law is life. Amen to that. That's That's what the law of God, that's what it says. That's what the word of God says. Okay. Let's let's get into this. Deuteronomy chapter 6. Deuteronomy chapter 6. Now this is the commandment, the statutes and the judgments which the Lord your God has commanded me to teach you, so that they do them in the land where you are going over to take possession of it. So that you your son And son, will fear the Lord your God to keep all his statutes and his commandments, which I command you all the days of your life, and that your days may be prolonged. Beautiful. Now, Israel, you shall listen and be careful to do them. So that it may go well for you and that you may increase greatly just as the Lord, the God of your fathers has promised you and the land flowing with milk and honey. See, I'm sorry to kind of, I mean, I shouldn't be sorry, but I understand I'm repeating myself a lot here. But hey, I'm doing this because God's repeating himself a lot here. Again he says the purpose of the Torah is so that it may go well for you and that you may increase greatly says just as the Lord the God of your fathers has promised you in a land flowing with milk and honey Here we are the Shema one of the most memorized and most important parts of all scripture in the in the mind of uh, the practicing Jew today, because they they recite the Shema many times, um, day and night. They 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 recite this Deuteronomy chapter six four. Very important. Here, Israel, the Lord is our God. The Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord your God
1: with all your heart with all your soul, and with all your strength. That word strength also means resources.
0: These words, which I am commanding you today, shall be on your heart. You shall repeat them diligently to your sons and speak of them when you sit in your house, when you walk on the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. You shall
1: also tie them as a sign to your hand. There's the Tephelum. And they shall be as
0: frontlets on your forehead. So the, the, these are the phylacteries according to the New Testament. The phylacteries and they shall be as frontlets on your forehead. That's the little box. You see a lot of Jews today, they take this very literally, and they put this little box on their forehead with the scriptures in it. Um,
1: The feeling... Yeah, so traditionally, this is what the Jewish people would do.
0: Here's a few pictures here. You know, we got this little boy over there at the top right, left hand corner. We got the box on his head and the wrap around the arm, which also contains a box on the um, forearm there, or the bicep, uh, which has the scriptures in it. Okay, a little bit of a drawing depiction here as well. Over to the top left you got the scriptures that are on the head on the forehead and then on the arm as well so today this is how a lot of jewish people um, they do it, it they take it very literally like this bind it as frontlets between their eyes and wrap it around their arm as they're uh, in accordance with uh, with how they interpret this you shall tie them as a sign to your hand And they shall be as frontlets on your forehead. You shall also write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. And that is the mezuzah. You can get mezuzah. And let's just go back here
1: and look up mezuzah. Mezuzah.
0: So a lot of people would have something like this nailed to their door frame. And it's a little, it's a little, um, what do you call it? Little vessel, little pod uh, that has a little, like a scroll in it, mini scroll with the uh, with these commandments in it. Okay, so that's the mezuzah. Verse ten. Let's go back to verse nine. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Then it shall come about when the Lord your God brings you into the land which he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give you great and splendid cities which you did not build, and houses full of all good things which you did not fill, carved cisterns which you did not carve out, vineyards and olive trees which you did not plant, and you eat and are satisfied, be careful that you do not forget the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall fear only the Lord your God, and you shall worship him and swear by his name. You shall not follow other gods, anything of the gods of the peoples who surround you. For the Lord your God, who is in the midst of you, is a jealous God. So follow Him, or else the anger, the anger of the Lord your God will be kindled against you, and He will wipe you off the face of the earth. You shall not put the Lord your God to the test, as you did, as you tested Him at Massa. And this is something that Yeshua Himself quoted to the devil. You shall not tempt the Lord your God. You shall diligently keep the commandments of the Lord your God and his provisions and his statutes, which he has commanded you. You shall do what is right and good in the sight of the Lord so that it it may go well for you and that you may go in and take possession of the good land which the Lord swore to give your fathers by driving out all your enemies from you as the Lord has spoken. When your son asks you in time to come, saying, What do the provisions and statutes and judgments mean which the Lord our God commanded you? Then you shall say to your son, We were slaves to Pharaoh in Egypt, and the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. By the way, this whole portion here is a traditional passage that is read at Pesach, Passover. And we are approaching Passover very very uh, shortly, by the way. Lord willing, um, Lord willing, maybe we'll have a live stream Passover. How's that sound? How's that sound? Getting back to Deuteronomy chapter six, verse twenty-two. Moreover, the Lord provided great and terrible signs and wonders before our eyes against Egypt, Pharaoh, and all his household. He brought us out of there in order to bring us in, to give us the land which he had sworn to our fathers. So the Lord commanded us to follow all these statutes. Fear the Lord our God for our own good always and for our survival as it is. Today, again, <laughs> again, the commands and the fear of God is for our own good. Verse 25, and it will be righteousness for us if we carefully, if we are careful to follow all of this commandment before the Lord our God, just as he commanded us.
1: So. Again, here is another proof that obeying the Torah is
0: righteousness. That's how you define righteousness. It will be righteousness for us if, we care, if we're careful to follow this commandment. Follow here in the footnotes to perform this commandment.
1: Before the Lord our God, just as he commanded us. Deuteronomy chapter 7.
0: When the Lord your God brings you into the land where you are entering to take possession of it, and he drives away many nations from before you, the Hittites, the Girgashites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, the Jebusites, seven nations greater and mightier than you, and when the Lord your God turns them over to you and you defeat them, you shall utterly destroy them. You shall not make a covenant with them or be gracious to them. Furthermore, you shall not intermarry with them. You shall not give your daughters to their sons, nor shall you take their daughters for your sons. For they will turn your sons away from following me and they will serve other gods. Then the anger of the Lord will be kindled against you and he he will quickly destroy you. Let me just say here, very uh, just to kind of highlight, it's very important who you marry, who your, your sons and
1: daughters marry. Very, very important. Keep a good line going and, a, and good,
0: keep peace within the household and in the family. Moving on with verse 7. The Lord did not make you his beloved, nor choose you because you were greater in number than any of the peoples, since you were the fewest of all peoples, but because the Lord loved you and kept the oath which he swore to your forefathers. The Lord brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you from the
1: house of slavery from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Know, therefore, that the Lord your
0: God, he is God, the faithful God, who keeps his covenant and his faithfulness to a thousand generations for those who love him and keep his commandments. But he repays those who hate him to their faces to eliminate them. He will not hesitate toward him who hates him. He will repay him to his face. Therefore, you shall keep the commandments, the statutes, and the judgments which I am commanding you today to do them. Powerful. Isn't that powerful? Really powerful. And again, God didn't bring them out of Egypt to give them the Torah because, he, because he's, a, you know, he's a tyrant. It's out of love. Because the Lord
1: loved you. the law of God is a product of
0: God's love. The promises of God, verse 12. Then it shall come about because you will because you listen to these judgments and keep and do them, that the Lord your God will keep His covenant with you and His faithfulness, which He swore to your forefathers. And he will love you, bless you, and make you numerous. He will also bless the fruit of your womb and the fruit of your ground, your grain, your new wine, and your oil. The newborn of your cattle and the offspring of your flock in the land which he swore to your forefathers to give you. You shall be blessed above all peoples. There will be no sterile male or infertile female among you or among your cattle and the lord will remove from you all sickness and you will not inflict upon you any and he will not inflict upon you excuse me any of the harmful diseases of egypt which which you have which you excuse me which you have known but he will give them to all who hate you you shall consume all the peoples whom the Lord your God will turn over to you your eyes shall not pity them nor shall you serve their gods for that would be a snare to you just before i go on here i i'm i'm sorry here the uh let me see what we got here on those of you who are on tiktok i'm going to have to shut tiktok down um, i'm going to have to shut tiktok down but I am going to continue my live stream on YouTube. I'm going to finish up here. Um, and so if you want to continue uh listening and corresponding and commenting, whatever, if you want it if you want to um if you want to listen to the rest of what we're reading here, please go on over to uh to YouTube. Look me up over there, it's Christopher Enoch. Just go to YouTube and search for Christopher Enoch. And you'll find me live right now, okay? Just go over to to YouTube. You'll find me there. I am live right now. And so, yeah, I'm going to have to shut this down. Okay, those of you on TikTok, I'll see you on YouTube in just a minute. You'll look me up over there, Christopher Enoch.
1: Okay, guys, be blessed.
0: Verse 17, if you say in your heart, these nations are greater than I, how can I dispossess dispossess them? You You are not to be afraid of them. You shall remember well that the Lord your God, what the Lord your God did to Pharaoh and to all Egypt. The great trials which your eyes saw and the signs which and the wonders and the mighty hand and the outstretched arm. By which the Lord your God brought you out. The Lord your God will do the same to all the peoples of whom you are afraid. Indeed, the Lord your God will send the hornet against them until those who are left and hide themselves from you perish. You are not to be terrified of them because the Lord your God is in your midst. A great and awesome God. And the Lord your God will drive away the, these nations from you, little by little. You will not be able to put an end to them quickly. Otherwise, the wild animals would become too numerous for you. Let me just say this. This is kind of an interesting thought. I mean, this is something that came to mind here. And You know, God can do anything. He could have driven the wild animals away. He could have, you know, he could have. Have um away all the nations all at once. He could have wiped them all out all at once, instantly if he wanted to. And he could have kept the wild animals back too. But instead of doing that, he took a different position. He said, The Lord your God will drive away these nations from you little by little, step by step. You will not be able to put an end to them quickly, otherwise, the wild animals would become too numerous for you. Now, in the footnote here, the wild animals, the animals of the field, literally. So it's interesting how how God does things. Sometimes he takes different positions. Verse 23, but the Lord your God will turn them over to you and will throw them into great confusion until they are destroyed. And he will hand over their kings to you so that you will eliminate their name from under heaven. No one will be able to stand against you until you have destroyed them. The carved images of their gods you are to burn with fire. You shall not covet the silver or the gold that is on them, nor take take it for yourselves, or you will be trapped by it. For it is an abomination to the Lord your God, And you shall not bring an abomination into your house and become designated for destruction like it. You are to utterly detest it, and you are to utterly loathe it, for it is something designated for destruction. Deuteronomy chapter 8. And the commandments that I am commanding you today, you shall be careful to do so that you may live and increase and go in and take possession of the land which the Lord swore to give to your forefathers. Remember all the way which the Lord, Lord your God has led you in the wilderness these 40 years, in order to putting you to the test to know what is in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. And he humbled humbled you and let you go hungry and fed you with the manna which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, in order to make you understand that man shall not live on bread alone, but man shall live on everything that comes out of the mouth of the Lord. Your clothing did not wear out on you, nor did your foot swell these 40 years. So you are to know. In your heart that the Lord your God was disciplining you just as a man disciplines his son. Therefore, you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God to walk in his ways and to fear him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into into a good land, a land of streams of water, of fountains and springs flowing out in valleys and hills a land of wheat and barley of vines fig trees and pomegranates a land of olive oil and honey a land where you will eat the food eat food without without shortage in which you will not lack anything a land whose stones are iron and out of whose hills you can dig copper When you have eaten and are satisfied, you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land which he has given you. Let me just stop here for a second. I got got something here I want to just bring to you guys' attention. and That is, notice here how many times God commands his people to fear him. It's It's a commandment of the Lord. It's part of the Torah. And when I think about that, I think about how a lot of Christians are like, well, you know, hey, you know, we're not, you know, we don't have to obey the Torah to be, you know, to be saved. Uh, you know, the, uh, the the thief on the cross, look at the thief on the cross. He got saved and he didn't even have to obey Torah. He didn't do anything. He didn't do any work, works at all. The truth of the matter is, that's not true. <laughs> he did obey Torah. And, you know, the whole thing about Torah is, do what you can do given the circumstances that you are presently in that's really the bottom line do what you can do given the present circumstances so the thief on the cross he repented okay um so he did align himself perfectly with torah and that's why jesus said to him that's why yeshua said to him Today, you will be with me in paradise. Jesus did not say, oh, you believe that I paid the debt for you. You believe that my blood covered your sin. Therefore, you're with me in paradise. No. The reason why, because you see, the thief was saved because he obeyed Torah. He aligned himself with Torah. You might say, how did he do that? he obeyed at least what at least five commandments within the last few minutes of his life number 1 he repented that's a commandment number 2 he feared god he actually rebuked his other fellow you know partner in crime if you want to call it um for not fearing god like don't you fear god you know how can you mock yeshua I, you need to fear god so we know he repented he feared God, and he rebuked his neighbor for not fearing God. That's also a commandment. It's also a commandment to, to rebuke um, your fellow, your neighbor for their sin, according to uh, Luke chapter 19. And also, he stuck up for a righteous man. That's also a command. That's also fulfilling the Torah. He stuck up for Yeshua. All on the name of the Lord. A lot of things that he did within the last few minutes of his life. And that's the reason why Yeshua said, there you go, you got it right there. I see you He didn't say this explicitly, but, you know, the thing is, you will be with me today in paradise. Yeshua saw all of those things. He saw how... He repented and he did everything he could possibly do while he was hanging on that cross. And that's how he got it. He feared God. He feared God. He aligned himself with Torah. Moving on with Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 11. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God by failing to keep his commandments. <laughs> how many people consider themselves to be Christians and they fail to keep his commandments and according to that definition they actually forget the lord their god they don't they think that they 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 would deny that and they would say oh no we don't forget the lord our god we believe in god we believe in jesus but if you don't keep his commandments that is by definition according to Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 11 that is by definition forgetting the lord your god Maybe not mentally forgetting it, but forgetting him in action, indeed. Forgetting him indeed. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God by failing to keep his commandments, his ordinances, his statutes, which I am commanding you today. Otherwise, you will eat and are satisfied. You eat and satisfied, excuse me. Otherwise, when you eat and are satisfied and You build good houses and live in them. And when your herds and your flocks increase and your silver and gold increase and everything that you have increases, then your heart will become proud. And you will forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. Oh, that is so powerful. And this is what we're seeing today in the developed nations. They have increased, right? A lot of the nations in the West, they have been blessed tremendously. Why have the Western nations been, been so blessed? Because they started out obeying the Torah. You look at the, the laws of America or Canada or you know, any of the Western nations. You look at their law books, say, 150 years ago. Look at their law books, how much it aligns with the Torah. But over time, corruption, 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 corruption upon corruption, upon corruption, people, these lawmakers, they think they know better than God. That's that's really the bottom line. They think they know better than God. Well, we're more civilized today. Oh, no, you're not. Mm -mm, Not at all. You're way more uncivilized today than you were 150 years ago. Look at what's going on today with the immorality, with the innocent, the, the slaughtering of the millions and tens of millions of innocents. It's, it's horrific. It's just horrific.
1: It's like we are living in the darkest times. Because these lawmakers of Western nations
0: and other, some other nations as well. They changed the laws from laws that are in in line with the Torah to laws that are more politically correct or, you know, whatever. And what happened is, you see, God blessed all these nations greatly, right? They, they did. They, they, they 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 do eat and they and they are satisfied and they build good houses and they live in them. They build good houses and and live in them. they their flocks have increased their silver and gold, their money has increased. everything that they have has increased. And guess what? their hearts have become proud and they forget the Lord their God. How by violating the Torah. Verse 15, he who who led you through the great and terrible wilderness with its fiery serpents and scorpions and its thirsty ground where, where there was no water, he who brought water for you out of the rock of Flint, in the wilderness, it was he who fed you manna, which your fathers did not know, in order to humble you and in order to put you to the test. See, manna was probably unleavened
1: <laughs>
0: more than likely unleavened unleavened is unleavened bread is a uh, is uh, represents is a picture of humility because you see leaven puffs things up Le- leaven puffs things up it, it kind of I know this is kind of a crude way or not a crude way of putting it, but uh, you know, just a simple way of putting it. it's like it kind of puffs air in. I know it's carbon dioxide. Don't get me wrong, but it just kind of pumps air into the dough, kind of kind of puffs it up. It looks bigger than it really is. It's really light. Manna and unleavened bread is 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 heavy, um, considering its its size, <coughs> considering its height. You can have a bread, a loaf of bread, you know you know six inches high and it's kind of light. if you have unleavened bread six inches high why <laughs> it's heavy it's
1: very heavy. so God fed the manna in order to
0: humble them according to the scriptures here in order to put them to the test to do good for you in the in the end. Verse 17, otherwise you may have said in your heart, in your heart, excuse me, my power, excuse me, my power and the strength of my hand made me this wealth. Remember what, remember what, um, remember what Nebuchadnezzar did
1: in the book of Daniel. Let me just go over here. The book of Daniel. Remember what Nebuchadnezzar
0: he 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 said the same kind of thing. It's like, my, look what I did, look what I did, and God struck him, basically made him. uh, Daniel chapter four verse thirty, the king Nebuchadnezzar that is, spoke saying. Is not this great Babylon that I have built for a royal dwelling for my mighty power and for the honor of my majesty? While the word was still in the king's mouth, a voice fell from heaven King Nebuchadnezzar, to you it is spoken, the kingdom has departed from you, and they shall drive you from men, and your dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field, and they shall make you eat grass like oxen, and seven times shall pass over you until you know that the most high rules in the kingdom of men and gives it to whomever he chooses. That pride that Nebuchadnezzar put on display, look at what I did. Look at, look at what my hand, the great kingdom and the great palace that I built that that pride is what is what ticked God off just enough to say Nebuchadnezzar I'm going to make you like an animal right now. You're going to be humbled. Until you realize heaven reigns. Until you realize the most high rules. And that's how the story goes. He lived like an animal.
1: Homeless. Roaming the fields. Like an animal. Grew his nails really long. And
0: finally, when he came to his... Back to his senses, he you know he he came back to his mind, so to speak, he um, he came back to his senses, finally, he said, "I realize now that heaven reigns, in other words, that God reigns, not me. God is the most high, not me. It's only by God's power that I get the blessings that I get. and then what happened? God restored him, God restored him. That's in direct,
1: you know, that's a direct fulfillment of uh, Deuteronomy chapter 8.
0: Read it one more time. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 16. In the wilderness, it was he who fed you with manna, which your fathers did not know, in order to humble you, and in order to put you to the test, to do good for you in the end. Otherwise, you may have said in your heart, my power and the strength of my hand made me this wealth. But you are to remember the Lord your God. See, it's so important to remember. Again, many of these festivals and feasts of the Lord and many of these different celebrations are memory of what God did. It's very important to remember
1: what God did in your life. How did you get born again? How did God bring you to to the knowledge of the Lord? You are to remember the Lord your
0: God, for it is he who is giving you the power to get to make wealth. In order to confirm his covenant, which he swore to your fathers, as it is this day. You know, so we only the only way we can get wealth is by God. Is God gives us the power to get wealth. And you notice here to confirm the covenant which he swore to your fathers to stay, Notice a lot of Jewish people are very blessed, you know. And I know we are grafted into the Jewish mind too. But a lot of Jewish, a lot of Jewish people are very blessed. There's a lot of them that are lawyers and doctors and judges. A lot of these Jewish people um, have are very, very wealthy. Uh, start very, very um, successful companies. Verse 19, and it shall come about if you ever forget the Lord your God and follow after other gods and serve and worship them, I will testify against you today that you will certainly perish. That's pretty, that's pretty strong. Like the nations that the Lord eliminates from you, you, so you shall perish because you will not listen to the voice of the Lord your God. See, it's very important to live in humility To get rid of all pride and to listen—it's part of part of humility. One of the greatest what
1: did I say? Traits. One of the greatest features um, of of humility is
0: being able to listen. If you are if you're if you're humble,
1: you are a good listener. People who are proud can't listen. They won't listen. They're very ignorant
0: and arrogant. Humble people can listen. Humility gives you the power to listen and the wisdom to listen. Most importantly, to listen to the Lord, the Lord God, right? To listen to the Lord. Deuteronomy chapter 9. Hear, Israel. You are crossing the Jordan today to go in to dispossess nations greater and mightier than you. Notice how many times. I mean, it says it over and over and very, very redundant. It says it very like over and over and over again. Um, in the past, how many chapters we read? God says, you know, don't forget these nations are greater and mightier than you. God really wants to drive that home in their mind. It's not because of your power. It's not because of your might. It's not because you're you're greater. It's not because you are more numerous. They are more numerous. They are greater. They are more powerful. They have more military power. But you will defeat them because I, the Lord, am with you. So that everything that happens, every step of the way, you see it's God's work
1: and not your work so that no flesh should glory in his presence. Again, here, Israel, you are crossing the Jordan today to go in to dispossess nations greater and mightier than you. In other words, to do possible, impossible. You're going to do the impossible with God.
0: Cities that are great and fortified to heaven again let me just point this out cuz this is very very important for everyone to understand great and fortified to heaven for, don't forget that cities back in those days were fortified with a wall around the city there was a, there was a tall wall so that it was it was a protect it was a, a wall of protection around the cities now it says here great and fortified to heaven it doesn't literally mean the walls reached up to heaven, okay? It doesn't literally mean that. It's, it's a figure of speech. In other words, it was very high. It's like in Genesis chapter 11, when it says that the Tower of Babel was to be built up to heaven. It doesn't literally mean that. It doesn't literally mean that That that's, the perp- that's what they really thought. It just, it just meant that, it, it, figuratively speaking, you know, a very, very tall tower and and lots of pride, again, pride, figuratively speaking, you know,
1: to reach to heaven, so to speak. Uh, So let me see here. We got 1 John 2.26
0: asks the question, what is the genesis of a prayer shawl? the genesis of the parashal i'm i'm
1: not really sorry i'm i'm not really certain of um what that really means but the parashal is 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 really more of a traditional thing um Veda says the prayer shawl is for
0: is for men in Jews. I put a simple white shawl.
1: It is for that Lord. The Lord is above your head. Yes, I understand. That's uh, speaks about covering your head. Verse. Um, let me see. Vita here prayer. 1 John 2.26 says, there is a Torah keeper on YouTube
0: who moved his family to South America to literally come out from from them. Wow. Yeah. Jeff said, thank you again for a great live stream. Thumbs up. Shalom. Thank you. Thank you, Jeff. Blessings multiplied to you, brother. Vida says, the voice of the Lord is his law. Hallelujah. Yes. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Fearfully confident. What does Job 1 mean by Job was perfect? Yeah, so some translations say that Job was blameless. Some say perfect. Upright. Some say upright. It means pretty much all the same thing, that Job obeyed the Torah completely, just like how Zechariah and Elizabeth did. In Luke chapter one verse six, just like how we have Paul, who claimed of himself, he said that he that according to law he was blameless. It's the same kind of thing. Like, in other words, that he, uh, the job was, in, he was perfect, especially in regards to his actions. Now we know there was a there was a character flaw he had, and God knew about that character flaw, and that's why he needed to learn his lesson. To speak of humility, right? He needed to, he needed to be t- very much going in line with what we're reading actually right now. So it's, it's very good. Uh, God tested him and ripped that pride out of his heart. Uh, so that's what the whole book of Job is all about, but that's you know, like, I mean, like from an outward, from the outward appearance, you know, in regards to his actions in regards to that kind of thing, obeying the positive commands, Job, Job was perfect. He did not, um, he was upright, he was blameless, he did not violate any of the commands of Torah in any way. I think that everybody should understand and realize too that Job was a, was a
1: Gentile, so it's interesting.
0: So 1 John 2.26 says, how did the wearing of a prayer shawl start and is it in the Torah? Um, very, very good question. Now, prayer shawl, um, the talit, actually it goes way back. Um, uh, like the history of the prayer shawl, I, I don't believe it's literally um, in the, uh,
1: what do you call it? In the in the Torah per se. Uh, let me see here. Yeah, it's an ancient Jewish uh, custom.
0: Yeah, so there there is nothing in the Torah that 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 that's mentioned like I'm just kind of uh I'm I want to confirm here what I'm saying here before I say it. But yeah, there's nothing in the Torah that mentions uh
1: that commands the wearing of a prayer shawl or tallit.
0: Of course, we got the, 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 um, the commands of the seat seat, right? And that's so a prayer shawl is kind of like a, a, a conduit for this, for this, the seat seat. Although you can actually buy, like, I don't know what exactly what you would call them from like Judaica shops, which they're like, um, almost like t-shirts that are, uh, that have corners on them and, and they have uh seat seat as well that hang off of those corners. So, um, I don't.
1: I am not aware of exactly when it started. And
0: it seems to me just quickly going over some of the stuff as well, that it, it doesn't seem to be anything, any kind of clear history of exactly when, where that started either apart from the fact that it, we have the numbers chapter fifteen seat uh, seat Commandments. Um, but then again, it doesn't necessarily mean it's a prayer shawl. It could be a um, it could be any kind of a garment that has corners. Very good question there, one John two twenty six
1: that's really all I can say about that.
0: On DLive we have Divine Messenger saying the fringes are the shawl was to wear the fringes uh the talit katan is undergarment that's what i was talking about yeah the um almost like a t-shirt That's saw yeah uh, talit katan uh, to wear the fringes uh it's my understanding that the fringes were attached to the robes originally to their robes originally yeah. So again, it's 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 not very clear as far as the history of exactly how the, the prayer shawls came about. Uh, I do think it's a very good thing, though. It's one of those things that uh, it's very good. It's very uh, very good. Actually, I have one myself. Actually, right here, I got a little case here where I got a prayer shawl in it.
1: So yeah, it's a good thing. Okay, let's
0: continue with Numbers chapter, I'm I'm thinking uh, Numbers still. Deuteronomy chapter 9, verse 2. Actually, let's go back to verse 1. Here, Israel, you are crossing the Jordan today to go in to dispossess nations greater and mightier than you, cities that are great and fortified to heaven, a people who are great and tall, the sons of the Anakim, in other words, giants, whom you know and and of whom you have heard it said, who can stand against the sons of Anak? So be aware today that it is the Lord your God who is crossing over ahead of you as a consuming fire. He will destroy them and he will subdue them before you so that you may may drive them out and eliminate them quickly just as the Lord has spoken to you. Do not say in your heart, when the Lord your God has driven them away from you, because of my righteousness, the Lord has has brought me in to take possession of the land. Rather, it is because of the wickedness of these nations that the Lord is dispossessing them before you. So here in the footnotes, wickedness means godlessness. So this is a good, let me just stop here for a second again. This is a good Indication that there are kind of there is something like scales. Um, I'm talking about weights. It's like God's saying to you, don't think it's because of your righteousness that you are winning here, but rather it's their wickedness that's weighing so heavy here. Don't think it's because of your righteousness that you are, that you are getting the victory. It's not because of your righteousness here with your stiff-necked people. But it's because these other people are so wicked. And that again is a good point here to, to keep in mind. The Torah applied to the unbelieving Gentiles as well as to the Jews. How can I say that? Because it says in the Torah, you don't obey the Lord. You know, you, you, you mess up, especially in Leviticus chapter 18. You mess up in all these different areas of morality. You will be driven out of the land. He says, don't do that. If you, if you go into the lands, you're driving out the, these inhabitants of the land, and you're driving them out because of their godlessness. Because God is giving them over to you because God has had enough of their godliness, godlessness. God has had enough of their sin. Not only, I mean, the land itself vomits them out. It's like a universal law. A universal law. So the Torah applied to even the Anakim. The Torah that if you live in such and such a way, if you violate these laws, God will drive you out from from out of the land. You will lose the land. You can lose your life. You'll lose everything. And so that law was applied to and enforced amongst the unbelieving Gentiles, the Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Jebusites, um, An- Anakim. That's why God said, listen, don't do, what they're, then don't do the same sin. When you, when you take their land, don't fall into the same sins that they were doing, or else you're going to lose that land too, because the, the law applies to you too. The law is you do this, you lose the land. You're driven out, wiped out so the law is applicable whether you believe it or not whether you whether you are a jew or a gentile the law is still applicable to you whether you like it or not doesn't matter the anakim the parasites the jebusites the hittites the amorites all these people they suffered loss because of their dis because of their violation of god's law so do not say in your heart when the Lord your God has driven them away from you because of my righteousness the Lord has brought me to take possession of this land. Rather, it is because of the wickedness of these nations that the Lord is dispossessing them before you. It is not because of your righteousness. Again, there's again God is repeating himself here. He wants to drive it home. It is not because of your righteousness or the uprightness of your heart that you are going in to take possession, possession of their land. But it is because of the wickedness of these nations that the Lord your God is driving them out from before you. And in order to confirm the oath, which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. No, then, <laughs> number three, the third time, No. Please, know this, that it is not because of your righteousness that the Lord your God is giving you this land to possess, for you are a stubborn people. Remember, do not forget how you provoked the Lord your God to anger in the wilderness. From the day that you left the land of Egypt until you arrived at this place, you have been rebellious against the Lord. Even at Horeb, You provoked the Lord to anger, and the Lord was so angry with you that he would have destroyed you. When I went up to the mountain to receive the tablets of stone, the tablets of the covenant which the Lord made with you, then I remained on the mountain for 40 days and nights. I neither ate bread nor drank water. The Lord gave me the two tablets of stone written by the finger of God, and on them were all the words of which the Lord had spoken with you at the mountain from the midst of the fire on the day of the assembly. It came about at the end of 40 days and nights that the Lord gave me the two tablets of stone, the tablets of the covenant. Then the Lord to me, arise, go down from here quickly, because your people, whom you brought out of Egypt, have behaved corruptly. They have quickly turned aside the way from the way that i've commanded them they have made image for themselves the lord also said to me i have seen this and indeed it is a stubborn people leave me alone that i may destroy them and wipe their name from under heaven and i will make of you a nation mighty and mightier and greater than they so I turned and came down from the mountain while the mountain was burning with fire, and the two tablets of the covenant were in my two hands. And I saw that you had indeed sinned against the Lord your God and had made for yourselves a cast, Im- a cast metal image of a calf that you-, you had quickly turned aside from the way that the Lord had commanded you. So I took hold of the two tablets and threw them from my two hands and smashed them to pieces before your eyes. Fell down before the Lord, like the first time, for 40 days and nights I neither ate bread nor drank water because of all your sin which you have committed by doing what is evil in the sight of the Lord, to provoke him to anger. I was afraid of the anger and the rage which the Lord was angry with you so as to destroy you. Lord, listen to me that, that time as well. The Lord was also angry enough with Aaron to destroy him. So I also prayed for Aaron at that, at the same time. And I took your sinful thing, which you had made, the calf, and burned it in the fire and crushed it, grinding it thoroughly until it was fine as dust. And I threw its dust into the stream that came down from the mountain. Then at Tibera, at Massa, and at Kibroth, you kept provoking the Lord to anger. And when the Lord sent you from Kadesh Barnea, saying, go up and take possession of the land which I have given you, you rebelled against the command of the Lord your God. You neither trusted him nor listened to his voice. You have rebelled toward the Lord since the day I knew you. So I fell down before the Lord for 40 days and nights, which I did because the Lord said he would destroy you. And I prayed to the Lord and said, the Lord God, do not destroy. Lord God, do not destroy your people, your inheritance, whom you have deemed through your greatness, whom you have brought out of Egypt with a mighty hand. Remember your servants Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Do not turn your attention to the stubbornness of this people, or to their or to their wickedness or their sin. Otherwise, the people of the land from which you brought us, a since the Lord was not able to bring them into the land which He had promised to the, promised them, and since He hated them, He has brought them out to kill them in the wilderness. Yet they are your people and your inheritance whom you brought out by the great, by your great power and your outstretched arm. Okay. All right. See what else what else we have here in the live live chat. If you guys have any or any comments or questions that I have missed, you would you want me to address them, please uh put at Christopher in your, in your, in the live chat, and I will specifically deal with that. I will specifically look at that. Okay, so next Shabbat, okay, that would be March fifth, Lord willing, I will have a guest on. Uh, Onea will be on, and we'll we will be talking about the Apocrypha. And we'll talk about the Apocrypha in general, but we'll probably get into sp- some specific books as well. Uh, we're going to be talking about things like, should you read the Apocrypha? And what books are the most important? And if you if you are to read the Apocrypha, what books should you read first? Which are And, and which books are maybe the least important of the Apocrypha? And I'm sure we'll get into a lot more very interesting things. So... Make sure you're uh, subscribed. Make sure you will have those notifications on so that when I go live, you don't miss it. You don't forget about it. And so, yeah, Lord willing, we'll do that tomorrow. Uh, not tomorrow, excuse me. Next week, March 5th, the next next Shabbat. Divine Messenger says, have you studied the Book of Enoch? Yes. Yes, I have. I read the Book of Enoch over many, many, many times. And we actually went through the entire Book of Enoch. Um, on 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 this live stream, uh, that would have been back fall of last year. We went through the entire book of Enoch. Yeah, so it's very 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 interesting book. Okay, guys, so we're gonna wrap it up for today. Thank you guys for for watching. Thank you for your questions and you and your comments. Uh, the divine messenger says, have you studied the Essenes? Um, I cannot say I've studied them in depth. However, I have had, uh, Onia on as a guest uh, several times before he will, he's going to be on next Shabbat, March 5th. And he is very, very much into the Essenes. Actually, he uh, it, he claimed he says that he himself is an Essene. Okay. Uh, so it's, it's interesting, interesting what he, what he has to say. He has studied the Essenes very, very, um, in depth, very much in depth, studied the uh, Dead Sea Scrolls and all kinds of things like that. And so, hey, come back on, um, you know, if you don't come back before then come back next Shabbat, Saturday, March 5th, at 2 p.m. Eastern. I don't know where you are in the world right now, but 2 p.m. Eastern time. And uh, uh, I'm sure uh, if you have any questions about the scenes, onea could answer a lot of those questions. Vida says, thank you. God bless you all. Shalom. Thank you uh, for your fellowship. Vida, thank you for your questions and your comments. Blessings multiplied to you. Lord be with you. And and your daughter blessings. One John 226 says thank you for another great teaching teaching Shabbat. Um how about in- inviting Onea back for the apocrypha? Yeah, that's that's what we're doing. Yeah. Um so he's going to be on Lord willing March 5th, next Shabbat, we're going to be talking about the apocrypha. And once again, If if any of you know of anybody who is well versed in the apocrypha, be really a really good guest to join me and Onea in talking about the apocrypha. You don't have to agree. Like it doesn't have to be a person who agrees. I mean, between me and my guests, okay. Many just because I have a guest on doesn't mean that we agree with on everything. I'm sure you know. uh, Probably all of my guests would say the same thing. Uh, The and it's good if i have a guest on that would oppose what i say or oppose what Onea says so be it i mean you're welcome i mean i mean it's good to to have some 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 opposition and teachings and questions about things and to question one another challenge one another that's fine uh, so if you know of anybody who thinks they know anything about the apocrypha or anybody who really does know a lot about the apocrypha let me know send me an email and um shoot some names at me and we'll see if we can get them on with me and, o- and Onia uh, next week, next week. And uh, if they agree with everything, that's fine. If they disagree with everything, that's fine. You know, we'll see how it goes.
1: Um, just let me see here. Caballero says, "Thank you for another day
0: of great teachings. What a wonderful book of Deuteronomy! Yes, absolutely, and, and thank you, Caballero, for for for, uh, for your,
1: your comments. I appreciate it. blessings." Divine messenger
0: says, "Good to know there's evidence Yeshua wasn't a scene." Hey, I, if if you come uh, next week. Again, hey, you're welcome to come tomorrow. You, all of you guys are welcome to welcome to come tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow we'll be back at seven p.m. Eastern, seven p.m. tomorrow, continuing with the book of Deuteronomy. Okay, um, so you're welcome to come in, like from s- Sunday night all the way to Friday night, seven p.m. Eastern every night, and on uh, Saturdays on Shabbat we do two p.m. And so you're welcome to come throughout the week, Divine Messenger. However, you know if you want to talk about Yeshua being an Essene, uh, I know uh, you got you and O'Neill would would really strike it off very well. So put that on your calendar, March
1: 5th, 2 p.m. Eastern.
0: Tashika says shabbat shalom everyone shabbat shalom welcome unfortunately we're just we're just wrapping up we're just wrapping it up right now just uh, the last few minutes here but good to see you oh divine messenger is in hawaii awesome welcome god bless you in hawaii vinny says thank you christopher god bless everyone shalom thank you vinny blessings multiplied back to you brother the Tower Times Time says, uh, sent you info for Brother Jackson. And if you'd like, he has translated several apocryphal books. Oh, okay. thank. That's awesome. Yeah. I have listened to Brother Jackson, uh, some of Brother Jackson's material. Yeah, very, very interesting. Um, Divine Messenger said, blessings for your work. Oh, thank you. Blessings multiplied back to you. Thank you very much. And Vita as well. God bless you abundantly. Tower time says,
1: stay blessed. Shabbat, shalom, y'all. You too. Divine Messenger says,
0: as 2 p.m. where I am. Thanks. Or so 2 p.m. where I am? No. Um, sorry, 2 p.m. where I am. Okay. So it's 2 p.m. Eastern time. Um, I'm not sure how that would translate into Hawaii time. It's the same time as today. The same. I, I'll, I'll start next week with O'Nea the same time as I started today, which was 2 p.m. I've been on for, I'm going on four hours already. Like right now I'm at, uh, it's like 20 to six right now where I am. So I'm going to be, I don't know how that translates into your time. Divine Messenger says, This is very needed, so I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Oh, Divine Messenger says, no, during the week, sorry. It's 9 a.m. on Shabbat.
1: Okay. So it's 9 a.m. on Shabbat here. Okay. Yeah. If if in doubt, uh, just
0: make sure you're you get notifications when I go go live. Um, and if you ha- like if for some reason if that doesn't work, just look up. Uh, it'd be two p.m. on Saturdays, two p.m. Eastern time, basically New York time, two p.m. New York time on Saturdays. So I'll be I'll be with Onia next week talking about the Apocrypha. If you want to ask questions about the, the Essenes, I'm sure O'Nea would just love that. Um, and so, uh, yeah, 2 p.m. New York time, Saturday. Okay, guys, as always, you guys are awesome. You guys can change the world. You guys are world changers. So go and be blessed. And, um, and I'll see you again tomorrow evening, 7 p.m. Eastern tomorrow evening. Amen. Yeah, you guys are awesome. Thank you again for your, for your fellowship, for your comments, for your questions. Until next time, as always, I pray the Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face to shine upon you. Lift up his countenance upon you and give you wonderful,
1: wonderful shalom. Amen. Amen. See you tomorrow.